Happy Festivus, everyone. Today is the official day for Festivus, where we will be airing our grievances, showing off feats of strength, and talking about all of our nerdiness here tonight. We got a great show for you. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Daredevil. We're going to talk a little bit about um, a lot of things. Henry Cavill again. Uh, some new interesting details on possible Henry Cavill and Marvel. Um, got, finally got our confirmer- confirmation, confirmation, confirmation of Spider-Man 4. And we finally figure out when we're going to see an official trailer for DC's The Flash. Let's hit that intro. It is Friday night in Phoenix, and you're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm JP. How you doing? Good. And we'll be joined by Ish momentarily. Hopefully his internet (laughs) is you know more less appalling than it was last week momentarily um, could be like hours <laughs> yeah um hope you guys in the midwest are staying safe with this uh storm they're talking about that's rolled through um i know some places didn't get a lot of snow some places did but it's from what i've been hearing it's been very 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 cold so it's a good way to to kick off the christmas season like it's you said it was a blizzard where you're at, huh? Yep, still going on. We we started the day this morning about 40 degrees, and it's down to zero right now. And with wind chill, I'm sure it's less than that, but it is not. I mean, and we're not getting feet and feet still like Buffalo did a couple weeks ago, but it has been blowing like uh, crazy out there, like a blizzard, and we got a couple couple inches of snow. So good yeah, day to do a podcast. Where a lot of friends of mine that live in Michigan, it's like 14 degrees, or I saw a lot of people showing negative like 10, and it looked very, very... I'm glad I live in Phoenix for once. It's this <laughs> time of year, I'm glad I live in Phoenix versus the Midwest, so I don't have to deal with snow anymore, but... Yeah, it's... We got a good... Not a ton of snow. I've, I've seen more, but the, definitely the wind chill, the cold has been uh, usually not this early in the year. We usually have white Christmases, but not freezing cold Christmases in the great northwest of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Well, I hope everyone is finish your Christmas shopping, getting ready for Christmas Eve tomorrow night, getting ready for your holiday season and set for a new year. Um, if you guys haven't done it already, I need to make a shout out to JP and make sure you guys go check out that first episode of the Absolute Game of Nerds podcast where you get to hear a little bit about JP and Rohan and what got him back into collecting and make sure to check out Monday. That's right. Monday, we will have a new episode of the absolute game of nerds where they start their hunt for 181. <laughs> um, so it's good stuff. Definitely worth checking out. Um, I, I enjoyed the first episode. I, I got to see the, this one um, too already. And I really enjoyed this one too. So wealth of knowledge between the two of you on as far as your style of collecting it's very unique yes yeah we've had we had fun doing it so i appreciate it and uh it's been it's been fun it's what it's all about having fun yeah you all ready for for the holidays i'll finish shopping got everything done and everything's all shopping's done the gifts were wrapped today 
my kids were home today. And so therefore they did nothing as my wife and I wrapped their gifts. And uh, which now that mine are old enough to know that the real, the real deal of Christmas, we could <laughs> do the, do the, uh, <laughs> no spoilers there. We could do the, uh, the, the, uh, wrapping of those gifts it was nice here we go ladies and gentlemen drum roll please as we bring him in to see if his internet is actually going to work today nice what's the over under on ish's internet 50 50 50 50 50. there he is oh my gosh it's ish you're looking crisp just kidding just kidding can you hear me (laughs) yeah you're looking real crisp this week Nice, nice. Thank you. I thought that shit froze. Man. I asked for better good. internet for for Christmas, so maybe I got an early Christmas gift. Maybe looks like you did. Is that your airing of the grievances today? And on, on this festivus, is that your internet sucks? Oh, that delay! Yes. Oh, that delay ish. <laughs> uh, you're already breaking. You're already breaking up a little. It's starting. It's starting. Oh. Oh, ish! You need to turn off whatever it is you're streaming or downloading, or tell your mom to quit playing games. Whatever it is, get off that McDonald's dial-up internet, ish. Oh, you're going pixelated. Oh no, we're losing them already. <laughs> oh, it's starting. Look at him. It looks like he's in chat roulette as it is. He's already froze. Oh, I thought I was in the. Uh wasteland of internet uh ish what's going on in the shops today this week ish christmas what are people buying or are there any hot books flying off the shelves that people need to be made aware of before we get into news whoo that was a it was a really good week for us just in general christmas shopping i sold we, we we were laughing we were selling the unsellables today just weird stuff that's just been like gathering dust or we're just like who's ever gonna buy this and like sold a oh, lot of weird stuff it. like that did you sell a bunch far of these as, this week yeah that was popular i had to buy this thing for 20 bucks because my local shop didn't have it and I bet you guys probably bought it for five and could have sold it for twenty or twenty-five bucks, right? Ah, uh, oh, look at them. Um, actually, outside. I think we were just—I sold those at cover price. Really? Son of a bitch. So, what was the what was the hot book this week, ish? Um, probably the dark web stuff. They had three dark web titles. Uh, Gold Goblin, Miss Marvel, and uh, Mary Jane and Black, Black Cat. Cat. Those did tremendously. Um, With that very, I don't average know, just a lot of like Jay random Scott stuff. Campbell like, cover. Frazetta Death Dealer. Oh, look at that! Very average J. Scott Campbell cover. That's the A cover, yep. Very average. I'll tell you what did not sell. So we have we sold a shit ton of new comics. So the rack was looking super bare, a lot of titles just down to one or two issues. And then I have this giant stack of Spider-Man, the lost hunt. And I don't get it. The lost what? The lost hunt. Lost hunt. Oh, so they're oh, redoing hunt, the hunt. The lost hunt hunt. Yes. I bought, I bought one. By JM, JM DeMatteis, you know, it looks like it was I don't know why page. people, it was like, yeah, it is. It's an homage like, of it. Not, I can't touch that one. 
I bought it because I'm a shill for everything Spider-Man. So it was a very light week for me as far as pickup goes. Like, how did um how did that DC book? Oh, there was a new uh, new Gru for Gru fans. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys read Gru. I'm a huge Gru fan. There was the you know, Gru fans where they get excited and they let you know I'm a Gru fan. So we had a lot of that. Matt, what were you saying about DC? I was saying, um, how did the did you guys sell a lot of that uh, the end of Final Crisis book or whatever it is? The um, God, yes, I, can't think of the I name actually of the I had to book. immediately Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths number seven. Yeah, Dawn of the DCU. I had yeah. to like, yeah, yeah. I was immediately ordering more. That was that was gone before like like five minutes into opening. That was that one went crazy. That was spec heavy on this week. Very, very heavy on. Yeah. It kind of flew under the radar. Well, it is kind of the... It's setting up the whole reboot of the DC Universe. We got uh, a new action comics next week, which is like the whole brand new action comics format. Three Superman stories in each issue. So they're, they're changing a lot of stuff. Yeah, that one flew really heavy under the radar. Like it was really... Sp- Really flew under the radar until Tuesday, about Tuesday afternoon, once the book came out, and it's very spec done because I guess it's got a first cameo team appearance of the Council of Light plus Peace Walkers, and then two new unidentified characters. So it's got a lot of stuff going on with it, and it's interesting how they seem to be pushing Nightwing to the forefront of the DC universe. You think that means something com- coming yes. forward? Um, it could be. I mean, I know James Gunn came out today saying, or this week, I don't want to say it's today, but came out this week saying that he's working with Jim Lee to kind of restructure and follow the Marvel format and kind of make it to where the DC movies are tied in with the comics. So they, they're kind of on the same, same playing field, kind of like what Marvel did a few years back with the start of the MCU. So so you could see stuff like 10 years ago that comes out now in the movies, right? So that's, mm-hmm. there, there was like a little delay, but that would be good. That would be good. Well, you got the Marvel format is whenever someone's going to show up in, in, a, in a movie, they start bringing out books with them. They start bringing them to the forefront and getting you reacclimated with them again. So like if you look for some reason, Hulk's kid came yeah. out and then he shows up in the show. Same thing with Black Panther's kid. And then he shows up at the end of Black Panther. And it's just like they, they start reintroducing these characters. Like Mephesto, you now know that Sasha Baron Conan is going to play Mephesto. So they started bringing Mephesto back into stuff uh, like uh, this summer. So they start setting the stage for where they're going to move to in the comics before they ever actually bring that character to the MCU just to kind of, yes, down that two-liter-ish. No glasses for this man. Jesus this man does not need a glass. He is that sugar free. What the hell? Holy shit. That diet Coke. <laughs> you having some, uh, some hot dogs to wash that down with? Are you? No, but I'm waiting for your mom to come home. She's bringing something special. God. Something I'll be having. Still makes me laugh to this day. When you guys say your mom, cause I, when I first started listening <laughs> to you guys, I thought for sure it was, Matt's mom that you're talking about. In that <laughs> hey, don't break the laugh. illusion. I, I, we got to let it out there. Just float around and let people think what they'll think. 
makes it funny. So, well, to kick off this festivist, before we get into the news, I want to know we had a plethora of Marvel and DC stuff this year. So I figured we could go around and air our grievances about the the movies that not like we haven't already done that, but kind of what was your most disappointing movie? So looking back at the beginning of the year, what was your most anticipated movie? And then what movie disappointed you the most? You, you want to go JP. first? I'll start with JP. JP, my most anticipated really? movie was Thor, right? Or uh, Thor, what was it called? Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. And that was my most disappointing movie because I had looked forward to seeing the Hercules aspect introduced into the MCU with that movie, potentially uh, maybe Doom or or there was a couple other people that could have been introduced in that movie. And that movie was just terrible. And I it disappointed me to no end. I look forward to seeing it. It was the first big movie, in my opinion, of the uh, MC, of the phase four that was before the uh, Multiverse of Madness came out, I, I believe. And I thought, oh, this is going to be that cosmic movie that's going to bring everybody into it. And it just it just didn't deliver. It just it was bad. Ish. Yeah, I exact same thing. I was very looking forward to Thor Love and Thunder, and it was an absolute piece of shit. It wasn't even just like, oh, it's a Marvel movie I don't care for. Like I, I found that movie insulting, personally insulting. That's how that's how bad that was. See, for uh, me, runner up would be She Hulk. Yes. Yeah, She Hulk. Um, I mean, it was a lot, honestly. Like then, Moon Knight for other me. Other runner ups: Obi Wan and Boba Fett. <laughs> Was Boba Fett this year or was that last year? It was this year, wasn't it? I can't keep it straight anymore. Um, Maybe it still lingers. It lingers no, I think like it's the far. end of last year. It was like holiday season last year. For me, um, okay. the the movie that I was most psyched about was the Batman, and that just didn't disappoint. Um, but Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, like I kind of expected Thor: Love and Thunder to be goofier because of what Tico Waititi did with Ragnarok. The only thing, my really only issue with that movie is just the the portrayal of Gore the God Butcher. For me, it's it was uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness because I feel like they, they touted this movie as being terrifying, as being the first horror movie in the MCU, being, um, you know, and I didn't feel like it was. I felt like there was one jump scare just because he gets zombified and Wanda is a witch and it doesn't make it a horror movie. Uh, and I feel like we got a promise of the multiverse that never paid off. It, you just see him fall through a bunch of them and it, you really only got two, two universes. So how is that considered a multiverse? Like, I think I would have liked that a little bit more expanded upon, but otherwise for me, yeah, Moon Knight was disappointing. She Hulk was disappointing. I had high hopes for she Hulk. Um, Obi-Wan, I didn't much, I mean, I had my issues with Obi-Wan as far as continuity goes, but otherwise it wasn't a bad show. Um, but that's, I think that's really my, my most egregious movie this year was probably Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Cause that was the one I had the most hope for. Now, which one came out Multiverse of Madness? Did that come out before Thor? Thor I think Multiverse of Madness came out before Thor. Yes. 
Okay. I think, I think Multiverse of Madness came out, and I want to say Dark it came Strange out came in out May. May and maybe maybe yeah. May I will and say July. The Batman. The Batman is one movie that exceeded my expectations. I went in there. I'm always excited for a Batman movie, but now looking back, I'm like, wow, that was a really really good movie. Yeah, so May sixth for Doctor before. Strange. I didn't. <coughs> excuse me. Pardon me. I didn't think. I didn't think the uh, the Batman movie was good, but I didn't think it was like as good as the Christian Bale movies. Really? I I thought it was better. I think the first the first forty minutes of that movie is so phenomenal. The first forty minutes are incredible. Of the oh of the Batman. Of the Batman, yeah. Oh my yeah. god, I always get so sucked in by that by that first act. It's like woo. I didn't. I don't think it was a bad movie. Bunny Stretch Imagination was probably the brightest spot of 2022. But I just didn't think it was. You know, I, again, I get, I get mad, and it, and we can get into this later on. But this whole connective universe thing that isn't happening with DC, this movie had no bearing on anything else, right? I loved how they'd made the Riddler. I loved his craziness. Because there is nothing better than the craziness of the Joker from 2008. I think that movie epitomized, you know, just being out there. Like that that movie just, I don't know, spoke to me. I think he did a great job with it. Riddler, he, he did a great job. The guy who played, I, I don't know his name, but he did a great job playing it this, in, in, in this okay. year. Yeah, I mean, he that was just... I, I, I have a lot of substance to it. Like that's what I like about these movies is you you don't get that from the Marvel movies. You get that from the heroes, but in DC you get it from the villains. And it's something about being that crazy or that out there that DC can show. And that's what I think they're missing in their universe. And maybe James going to bring that to them. But e either way, I think that that was brought about. But again. The continuity is what throws me off on these things. Why Why do we keep making another Batman movie? Why not just bring Christian Bale back? Why not, why not bring whoever back from years ago and just keep the continue out, you know, continuity of this move of these movies? Continuity, but, continuity. But I think it was I think it was good overall. I mean, I, I don't mind uh, Robert Pattinson. He was he did a good job overall. But the movie itself was great. But again, it's like a separate universe again. And where are we going with this thing? What was your most surprising non-comic book or superhero movie this year? For me, it had to be Top Gun Maverick. I didn't see that movie. Oh, it's on Paramount Plus now. You can go check it out. I know. I was, <laughs> I was gonna rent that the other day for twenty bucks or whatever it was, and I still have not <laughs> yet to see it. What about you, Ish? Uh, probably the best movie I saw this year. It's called Tar, T-A-R, starring Kate Blanchett. And uh, we went and saw it at Fashion Square. And, man, that was like a really excellent top-notch film. But, you know, not superhero or anything related. Just an actual, just serious adult drama. Now, I think it's going to probably get like a bunch of Oscar nominations or something. Yeah, it's very, it was like total limited release. It's only playing in theaters. Um, but, you know. That, that's if I had to pick one movie that really stood out, that was it. We walked out of the theater just going, "Wow, that was amazing!" Yeah, never even heard of it. That's interesting. Um, it's about uh, the uh, uh, she's a conductor for the Berlin Symphonic Orchestra, 
you know, that sounds exciting, but it is. They do. They just crap. That already sounds story. boring. I already <laughs> want to just go to sleep after hearing that. All of a character. Look, it's so boring. Your internet's like, I don't even want to listen to this. <laughs> so boring. You're, yeah. I think, though, with your background in movies, you look at movies through a different lens than. Just- keep talking i I don't know if i'm cutting in and out um dr strange too and i get all the but i still had a ton of fun watching that movie i thought it was good because it was sam raimi dr strange that is yeah it was sam raimi movie it was good i thought yeah we don't condone pirating here zaggy yes zaggy said you don't spend 20 bucks on top gun just torrent it who torrents anymore what is this 2010 Go ahead and send me the link. You can send me the link. Just watch on on uh, Paramount Plus. Listen, I have Netflix. I have Hulu. I have Disney. I have ESPN. I have DirecTV. I can't buy another streaming service. <laughs> I can't keep up with that shit. Disappointing. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump in to a little bit of geek news. Christ, am I watching a 40 go on there with Ish's house or what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's just partying hard on this festival. Jesus, just diet coke down the hatch, huh? For Dr. Right. Dre, <laughs> geek news. Kicking off our show tonight, our top story. Or is Back to the Future responds to rumors of a Netflix animated series. Back to the Future has denied reports that a new animated series is in the works for Netflix. The official Twitter account for the beloved science fiction <laughs> franchise has refuted a recent report uh, from Giant Freaking Robot that claimed a Back to the Future animated series was in early developments for Netflix. Simply tweeting a gift of Christopher Lloyd saying, It ain't happening. A previous Back to the Future animated series aired on CBS between 1991 and 92 lasting two seasons and 26 episodes. Do we want to revisit the Back to the Future franchise, or is this really a franchise that is so perfectly imperfect that it should just be left alone and never remade in any aspect or form? That's a good, that's a good question. Because I know there was talks of them trying to remake it um, with uh, the kid who plays Peter Parker. I can't think of his name right now. Um, Tom Holland mm. in the Marty McFly role, but the the creators of the movie said, "Over my dead body, we will never do a re- we will not do a remake of this movie as long as I'm alive," uh, because a lot of people, I guess, consider it the perfect movie. Is it, it okay? Is there a perfect movie? No, but when they redid Total Recall with name the guy who played the Penguin in the most recent Batman movie, oh, Colin Farrell. Okay, was that Total Recall a good movie? No. Total is Colin Farrell good a good uh, actor? Hell yeah. Yes. But was that movie good? No, because it was perfect the way it was. So should we do a Back to the Future? Probably not. I mean, Marty McFly, Christopher uh, Christopher Lloyd, and um, Michael J. Fox—they are the epitome of what that movie stood for. I, I, I mean, are they great actors? Yes, in their own right, but did. They made that movie. I don't think you need to remake it. Unfortunately, you don't need to remake that movie. But for those of us that want to relive 
that past, you know, to, to, to take a different spin on it, it would be cool to remake it. But if the, the people who started the whole thing said not to do it, and then I got to, I got to agree with them, but I think it would, I think it, we would appreciate it hopefully, but they wouldn't screw it up like they have done with other movies they've remade. I think Back to the Future is that one franchise where I prefer the second over the first. Like I like the second Back to the Future over the first, and why? I don't even I don't even acknowledge three. You why don't you why do you like the second over the first? Um, I just like the future stuff in it. I think like you know you you go and you see the Cubs winning the World Series and just all the the futuristic stuff and the hoverboard and stuff like that, and then it's essentially halfway through the movie it becomes the first movie again mm-hmm. so it's just like it's the best of both it gives you a little bit of extra actually seeing because like to me it was always weird that it's called back to the future but they only go to the past in the first right. one so now that was the future then yeah the second one makes more sense to me as far as like calling it back to the future because they go to the future and then the past and stuff but i don't know i just there's just something about the the second one the allure of the second one that i prefer over the first movie it's the, it's the fact that you can go to the future is the allure of that second one i i, I like the first one a lot but the fact that i could have gone back forward to the future or whatever you want to call it was huge i mean jesus if any of us could have been able to perform that task back in the day going to the future would have been cool as hell stick and- says it's all one movie if you watch it correctly Think about it though. It was 2015. We still don't have flying cars. We, the Cubs did win the World Series, but most of the stuff they came up with has yet to be. What's correct? Yeah. World yet. Hoverboards What's are correct? not the hoverboards we have are not the hoverboards we want. The hoverboards we want do not have two wheels on them. They, nope. You know, so. <laughs> but I mean, it was. I think the, the all three of them were good movies. I I did enjoy the third one, going back to the way past, coming back to the future again, and all that stuff. Like I, I did enjoy that movie. I, I I don't think you can, if you remake them, I think that you you run the risk of ruining the, just like Total Recall, you ruin that that franchise, and you have to come up with a different idea, this day and age that, and it's hard to do. Again, it's all been re, it's it's already been thought about made somehow in some some sort of fashion but when you redo something i think you can you can you could take away from the original and that's what that's what makes me mad yeah and i get it sticks that they have to get back to the future the uh, second one is back to the past but i i understand that they the whole premise of the movies i'm getting back to the future when they're stuck um in the past but it just i don't know just something about the futuristic aspect of the second one I like a lot more than than the first, even though it halfway through it becomes the same movie. So, oh, they both left at the same time. Look at that. But I don't. No, you're good. I don't. I don't think we need an animated series. Like you run the. I think if you you run the risk of of really tarnishing the franchise if you come out with something now. Um. And even in that aspect, like even in animation form, you run the risk of of really tarnishing that franchise. So I think when it comes to um, Back to the Future, you just leave it be and leave it alone. Has any remake ever done well for the franchise? Yes, they had an animated series 
um, Cardi in 91 and 92 with 26, 26 episodes. But has any any remake of anything, Total Recall, the Star Wars franchise, even bringing back the prequels, whatever, has any of those ever, I mean, besides just the sheer fact of making money, have any of them added to the storyline of what the fans have enjoyed? I think, I mean, I would say the Judge Dredd, the Carl Urban Judge Dredd was was good. Um, but otherwise... I'm scared, you know, the RoboCop RoboCop didn't do well. Point Break, the original is better than the the new one. Um I don't think Ghostbusters Afterlife helped hurt the franchise. I think it nope. did enough to move the but, franchise forward in a new direction. Like the, the the women's movie screwed it up. That one did, yes, but yep. I don't pay attention. Like I'm just like, all right, well that's kind of like the same vein I take the Batman in as like it's a different universe. It's really doesn't even ref really the only reference to the the first one is you know a couple cameos but other, other than that like it's not you don't really have the core group in there as winston egon vankman and spangler like you do in the new one so all right and i think the new one hand, handled harold ramus's death very well oh, i found it's really good how they um, did that yep. but Next up, Netflix password sharing crackdown is going to start in 2023. Netflix is bringing down the hammer on password sharing. Per the Wall Street Journal, the streaming uh, the streamer will be clamping down on using of sharing of passwords to their accounts in 2023. After months of prolonged testing and the revamped system, Netflix, plan, Netflix plans on rolling out the restrictions to more territories in the coming months. This revised rule will see subscribers wanting to share their password paying an additional fee on top of their original plan. The prototype for the system, which has been rolled out in Latin America, requires audiences who aren't in the primary user's house to log in with a validation code that expires 15 minutes after being sent. At the time of writing this, an unknown whether any changes to the system will be made when it eventually hits other regions. I think you're going to see Netflix's viewership dropped dramatically because there's a lot of people that aren't going to want to subscribe to Netflix or they're only going to subscribe to it when big shows like the final season of Stranger Things or um, things like that come out. Well, I have DirecTV and I shut it down after football season and bring it back up during football season. So Netflix wouldn't be the same thing for me where I shut it down before Stranger Things come out. Because there's really nothing to watch right now, in my opinion, on on Netflix. I can, I I have HBO Max, I have Hulu, whatever else. I'm I'm thinking, and I got to get rid of one of these subscription services, and this might be the one I do. <laughs> I hear a Jamaican saying this: "They blocked my Netflix, man." <laughs> um, well, now you don't even need Directv for for football because. They've lost the Sunday YouTube. ticket rights, yep. and I went to YouTube TV, and they're going to do it supposedly a la carte, but it's still going to be like three, four hundred bucks for the year for the season. Yeah, but can you uh, can you pick your own team? That like that's the thing that bothered me. Like I, the last week's game for the Steelers, which I'm a big Steeler fan. They said when I when I checked Directv on the app, it said that they were going to be playing because I live in an area where we got Cleveland, Buffalo, and Steelers, and they're going to play the Buffalo game, and I said. 
oh shit, can I, can I, can you guys just give me direct TV Sunday ticket because I've been with you guys for 15 years, whatever. And they wouldn't do it. And they said, you know, no, we, we're not going to add it to you. If you want it, you can add it for $75 for two payments. So $150 to watch what there's three games left. Yeah. I was like, I'm not paying that. And then I checked my TV and they actually played the Steeler game instead of the Buffalo game, which I was happy about. But I'm like, if I could just pick 10 bucks a game, right? If that's what YouTube TV is going to do, 10 bucks a game, I would gladly do that, right? There's 18 games a year, 10 bucks a game, 180 bucks. I'll pay for this game or that game, but I'm not going to pay you guys two, $300 before the season starts. And that's what, if they do a la carte, like you just mentioned, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, as far as I know, um, they're not going to do a la carte like that because I wish they would too. Um, they're going to do, like when I say a la carte, that, I mean, they're not going to ca- force you to buy uh, a subscription to YouTube TV. But you so can like, buy for that particular game that week, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I think, I don't know how they're going to do it because it's, I mean, it's still going to be low. So as far as I'm aware, <clears throat> they're still going to have the blackout rule. Cause that's an NFL thing. So mm-hmm. if the game is on TV in your local market, it's still going to be blacked out on Sunday ticket. Now, I don't know how they'll get around that with like VPNs and stuff. I don't know if you have like a VPN and say, Oh, well I live in Pittsburgh, but, or I live in, you know, Buffalo, but I'm going to put my VPN to Pittsburgh and see if it changes there. If it's not local, I don't know how that'll all work out as far as it, that goes. But I too wish they would just offer you like, Luckily, I've been with DirecTV, and I've gotten Sunday to somehow managed to get Sunday ticket for free the last three years. Nice. Um, but like, I would love to just be able to buy tickets or buy, you know, just my team. I just want to be able to watch the Packers games. Packers, every, oh my god! All yeah, these years, I, I did not know you were a Packers fan. Mm-hmm. Oh Die my hard. god! Die hard! <laughs> oh, oh. Die hard Packers fan! I should introduce you to my brother-in-law. <laughs> He's a Packers fan from this area. What's up, Larry? Yeah, diehard Packers fan. So I uh, wish I could buy the Packers games, just their their games, but sadly, that's not the case. Hopefully soon, though. I, you would think they would move to that business model because it would make sense. Yeah, but how many games you get on Fox? Right now, DirecTV has an issue with Fox. They're not they're not playing Fox, any Fox channels. Right with DirecTV, right? You have no. I get Fox. I got my local channels, my local Fox channel. Well, for some reason, DirecTV has some issue with locally. Fox won't be won't be played, and that's where just about most of your Green Bay games would be played, right? Any yeah. any NFC team would be played. So, if I could just pick my team every week and and either pay or not pay, right? I don't want to have to pay. And like I said, I called DirecTV last week. They wanted one hundred fifty dollars to watch the next two weeks. That's way too much. But if I could pay ten or twenty bucks per game, or for some subscription to your team, that I, I would—I mean, I—I I don't know what YouTube's going to do, but if it's something to that effect where you can pick your team, maybe that would be better off. I mean, I wouldn't watch Green Bay, but but any stretch, <laughs> if you if you would pay me, <laughs> yeah, it's all right. You're still bitter about 2010, I'm sure. It's I, all I am. That was one of my worst days ever when I that after that yeah. game. I have to tell you. It was a good day for me because my ex-wife is from uh, Weirton, West Virginia, so her whole family are Steelers fans. So it was a good day for me. Yeah, I hated that day because of my my brother-in-law. So 
But I mean, this will take Netflix for me because I I steal from my parents' Netflix. I don't pay for Netflix. I already, like you said, I already paid for HBO Max. I pay for Hulu. I pay for Disney Plus. I pay for you know um, Peacock and Paramount. And it's just like uh, I don't really. I only watch like Stranger Things and like rarely ever do I go to Netflix unless it's like. There's nothing on TV because I still pay for direct TV too. I mean, you rarely ever go to Netflix and just like, there's nothing on TV. I'm going to go see what's on streaming, see if they have anything good. And it's just like, yeah, eh. paying for like basically both right there. At 14, yeah. you're almost like another 150, you know, 50, 60 bucks right there for the extra stuff. So, and I usually end up going to HBO and watching a movie I've seen a million times. Like, yeah. And if, and if you and if you've been with HBO or uh, Directv for a while, I usually I I call and I will say, hey, listen, I've been with you guys since like since like 2006. What can you offer me? And they'll say, well, we'll give you HBO Max for free for six months. Yeah. And then you got all the movies right there, right? So you well, don't need Netflix and all that stuff. Now you go kind of kind of wonder with the NFL deal and them losing Sunday Ticket. Think of how much like. What are they going to do to to retain subscribers now? Because how many people have Directv just for Sunday Ticket? Like, yep. think of all the bars that have Directv just for Sunday Ticket. Or yep. you know, I'm sure they'll keep them still because of all the sporting events, like the the Center Ice and all that. But yeah, but if, like the last couple third uh, since this season began, I went out on Thursday night to go Applebee's to grab a beer. We went out for dinner, like the wife and I, and they were like, "We don't, we're not playing the game." I'm like, what do you, oh, that's right. It's on, it's on Amazon prime. prime. Yep. I'm like, well, you guys can't get freaking prime. I guess it's, it's not a business uh, account or something. So they can't get prime. So I'm like, oh, great. Girls softball's on or basketball or some shit that you don't want to watch. So, yeah, I wonder what the logistics on that is as far as like them having to stream that to different TVs. You know, like that's a lot of bandwidth usage. Yeah. Like yeah. At, at some point, the internet companies are going to have to catch up and be like, just amazing bandwidth and to meet the demand of. What's Ish going to do? Right. <laughs> well, Ish is still on dial-up, so he's I know using... he won't watch shit. <laughs> yeah, he's still on that dial-up internet. So we need, we need 5G around this mother, this right. motherfucker, right? Fucking poor Ish. <laughs> We'll but see. The other thing with Prime Games, the the Prime Games too, they're on NFL Network like an hour after the game ends. So once it's over on Prime, then you can watch it on. Uh, they show it again on NFL Network. Well, that's the thing. I I guess I don't. I don't. Ish, why don't we... you get out of the chat and get back on here? Because your connection wasn't that bad. <laughs> I I got rid of my. Uh, I think it was NFL NFL whatever whatever package I had. I got rid of it. Because I don't, I wasn't watching it because it was summertime, and I didn't up it recently. So therefore, I, I guess NFL Network's not part of the ESPN package now on Directv. So I tried to watch one of the games recently, and I couldn't watch it because it wasn't part of it. I'm like, you guys gotta just put it all in one package. All the sports should be one: Fox Sports, Fox, ESPN, all the same. Quit. I mean, Ish watches his movie in gift format. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do. It's gonna be interesting. Interesting time. Well, it's bad time to be a Packers fan. No, bad time to be a Steelers fan. 
we're both trying to get in the playoffs. I, yeah, I, I tell you what, that 2010 was a year that like Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have been worth shit had not won that game. And he got all these, all these uh, advertisements because of that game, and I still get pissed because mm-hmm. of that. But it, I mean, it was, it was a great game for them. It was a terrible time for me, but it was, uh, it was a tight game. It wasn't a blowout, but they played well. But they again, he hasn't been back since then, right? That's really got to, uh, that's really got to put a itch in your craw that oh my the, god uh, i i the, I live the and duval die county steelers. jacksonville jaguars might make the playoffs and the steelers aren't might not and, and that's okay i'm okay with the rebuilding season but you guys still have aaron Rodgers, and where the hell has he's been at not I back mean, in the been, super bowl i mean you guys haven't i mean big ben won he went to three of them you guys went to one right i mean well we've been into the nfc championship like when was the last time the steelers were even in an the NFC championship game when they played Steelers in like 2016, right? So that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. So you, ah. we, but we won three, like in like, well, we were in three Super Bowls, like in five years. You guys were in one in ten years. It's all right. <laughs> we, you know, we're what, still what, better. We're still we better. Won the, we won we're the first better. one, so that's all. Right, that but we still have six. You guys have what four? Yeah. So we're all right. That. <laughs> uh, if you, I mean, and, and, if you want to go back to. How many we don't count we that. have before the NFL was? We don't count that. We had the Super that. Bowl when it we was just NFL championships, but we don't count right. that. Yeah, it's not good. It's, it's like play, like Cleveland had eight championships, and no one counts that shit on them, right? Well, because the Cleveland Browns <laughs> team that we have now are not the real Cleveland Browns team. So true, true. They sold their team and then brought it back because they were like, "Oh, we should have a football team again." We should. We should. We should try something. There's nothing to do in Cleveland except that. <laughs> Daredevil Born Again could be Charlie Cox's last shot at the Marvel hero. Charlie Cox is returning to play uh, the man without fear. Marvel Studios upcoming Disney Plus series Daredevil Born Again. But the actor thinks if this show doesn't work, it could be his last shot at playing the popular hero. During an interview with NME, Cox circled back to a statement he made uh, by the interviewer that he could be busy for years playing Matt Murdock slash Daredevil with a sense of caution. The actor responded by saying, you said earlier that I could be busy for years, and I thought, yeah, maybe, but hopefully. But if this show next year doesn't hit the spot, then that might be it. Cox ended his statement by saying, then it's back to before trailing off with without finishing thought. So it sounds like there is a lot of lot riding into, into um, Daredevil Born Again. There's a lot on the line. It sounds like for the future of Daredevil in that show versus like we already know that the, the She-Hulk's not going to really have an effect on that character that they already have plans to bring her into the Avengers and bring her into the movies and, and things like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how Daredevil actually has an effect on the future of this character. But yeah, it's, <clears throat> go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, like, he, they got 18 episodes, right? <clears throat> and Born Again. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty much pretty good longevity for his character. And and that's going to stretch and add to what's happening in the MCU in the next couple of years, right? Phase four, phase five and six. So I think he'll have a big part in going forward. Because of those 18 episodes, they're going to... You know, if it if it bombs, they might get rid of it. But I think that it'll just add to that character. 
Yeah, I almost wonder if we're going to get these, like, X amount of episodes, and they're going to take a break, and then you're going to get another X amount of episodes, and they're going to take a break, and you're going to get another X amount of episodes. I kind of almost wonder if they're going to use Daredevil as, like, that in-between connector for movies, especially, like, the street hero stuff. So I wonder if we'll see more She-Hulk, if we'll see more Moon Knight in that show, in that show, if we'll see a little bit of Spider-Man stuff. Maybe not Tom Holland in the suit, but somebody, you know, portraying Spider-Man in the suit and just kind of using this show as that like in between driver and that's why it's getting 18 episodes versus the normal 6 to 10 episodes that we see from Disney Plus shows usually around 6 um but i think it's going to be fine if it keeps the same tone that the Netflix series had i think you're going to they're going to get a monster boost cuz everyone kind of wants to see what they're going to do with it uh but just as long as it's not more of that campy Daredevil that we saw in She-Hulk, I'll be, no, be gotta, okay. <clears throat> they got to bring in Punisher and that the, the street level characters, Luke Cage and and um, Jessica Jones. Like, Jessica Jones, that would be nice. Keep things going there. I, I did not watch those on Netflix. I'm still trying to finish the the Netflix uh, Daredevil series, but that was good stuff. I mean, they, they did a great job. If they could keep that going for two years, I think that'd be great. And uh, bringing in the Punisher before before they bring them on the big screen, whatever it may be. There's plenty of stuff to use to keep that 18 episode. Is, is it 18 or is it 18? Yeah. 18. Um, keep those 18 episodes. Very enjoyable. Uh, more on the Charlie Cox front. Charlie Cox has no desire to add James Bond to his resume. And this is where I wish ish was still here. Um, instead of just bailing on us like that. Uh, Charlie Cox insisted he has zero interest in playing 007 as the Daredevil Born Again actor plays down the chances of him playing um, James Bond. Uh, He speaked in an interview with the same NME. Cox addressed the possibility of starring as James Bond uh, as the franchise has yet to confirm who will succeed Daniel Craig in the popular lead role. Despite playing M16 agent Adam Lawrence in the upcoming Netflix miniseries Treason, Cox does not consider himself a candidate to play Bond. Is my name even on the list, he asked, while admitting to the interviewer uh, he wasn't the first person to suggest him in the role. Someone brought this up the other day, and they told me their odds for who will play the next Bond, then said, not for you, sadly, he added. So, yeah, I haven't even heard his name attached to the new James Bond, but I'm glad he's just kind of saying, no, I'm good. I I don't really need to add James Bond to my repertoire. No, I mean, he, again... He might do a decent job. I think I enjoy him as Daredevil. I mean, who knows how he would do as James Bond? He, he you know, the accent and whatnot. But again, he's not. Uh, his his future is Daredevil. Next eighteen episodes plus whatever MCU plus, brings yeah, him in. Marvel has him. I think that's where he's he's his bread is going to be buttered right there. Yeah. Moving on, all you Avatar fans like myself, a new Avatar animated series is in the works set after The Legend of Korra. If a new report is to be believed, Avatar The Last Airbender sequel, The Legend of Korra, could be getting its very own sequel series in 2025. According to Avatar News, the next animated series in the Avatar universe focuses on an Earthbender who succeeds Aang and Korra as the Avatar. It's currently in the works at Avatar Studios and Paramount. The new series is said to be uh, targeting a 2025 launch, uh, moreover, Avatar News reports that an animated movie featuring this new Earth avatar 
uh, in this era is coming to theaters in the years after the show comes out. While the Avatar-centric news outlet has no specific information regarding the film's release window at this time, it does claim that it won't be an insanely long wait. Um, I am a, a huge Avatar fan. Love the Avatar The Last Airbender. Love The Legend of Korra. Um, I'm stoked for anything and everything they're going to give me moving forward. I love the sto- <clears throat> the comics that are in between it. I love everything about this universe. I am so stoked for anything and everything more Avatar. Give it to me all now. Yes, please. Um, I'm interested to see more about an Earthbender Avatar. I mean, all we really got was Kyoshi. So it will be interesting to actually see a live working um, Earthbender Avatar. Uh, but I am down for anything and everything Avatar The Last Airbender. So, like I said, yes, give me more, please. This news was like a Christmas present come early for me. Um, Here's another one I wish Ish was in here for because uh, I really want to get his opinion on this. And that's AI-created comics can be deemed ineligible for copyright protection. Uh-oh. It's just coming back. Did they can't Zaggy says, did they cancel the live action thing? No. So they do still have the live action coming to Netflix. Um, the creators of Avatar were involved in that and then they left due to um you know disagreement in the project, artistic differences, we'll say. And they've since gone to Paramount Plus and are starting something as far as the Avatar universe goes at Paramount Plus and making movies over there so the netflix stuff will the live action netflix stuff will be separate from the actual avatar universe but it is still based so it'll still be that um ish you're back still based so it'll still be that um ish you're i can hear hear you coming through the speakers ish oh can you turn that down ish (laughs) five times i hear hear myself saying ish yeah i can hear you i like your profanity lace too. now we lost jp no i'm kidding yeah i don't know where jp went but what is your thought on ai created comic books ish what's your thought on ai art in general like do you see this being a big hit to the comic book industry or do you think it's just kind of like the next evolution or just kind of nothing really to worry about at all. I don't know. I think it's kind of a, I mean, there's one comic book out called the abolition of man. And it's interesting. Um, I don't think it's going to take the next world by storm. At least not now. You know, maybe until it makes like a comic that just blows people's minds, like the storytelling and not just the gimmick that it's AI. Well, then the storytelling that, you know, is still very human based. It. It's, but it's a then, human yeah, writing it's kind story of a gimmick. It's a human writing the story. It's just telling, like, describing to the AI what the, it's like setting the stage for it, essentially. And then the AI is drawing what it's been told. So there is an AI book out right now that the United States Copyright Office has Are you talking initiated about- a pers- Huh? I was going to say, are you talking specifically about Abolition of Man, that AI comic? No, 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 no. I'm not talking specifically about Abolition of Man. But Because I um, think that that the AI wrote the story, too, and did the art. 
Sanak published comic. No, so this one here that's at the center of this controversy is um, a book called Zariah of the Dawn. And so the, the U.S. Patent Office, I guess, originally ruled that AI art can be copyrighted, and then now they're coming back and a different court is saying no because it's not created by a person, it's created by an AI, it is not able to be copyrighted. It's it's going to be a fair use product. So, like, the AI art, I know Hartman's, like, real big into this AI art stuff now, and that's just kind of coming on my radar a little bit. And some of it's really cool, and some of it's really weird. Um, I just, I still don't really know how it's or if it's going to have an effect on the comic book industry i guess then you i mean it would bail out i don't know i guess people like aftershock wouldn't have to worry about paying people at that point but <laughs> you know, hundreds of thousands yeah, of say, no longer no longer have to pay artists yeah all you have to worry about is distribution and stuff like that it i guess it cuts back cost but there's just something i think about ultimately it's up to us the audience if if we buy those comics or not if we're not spending our money on ai generated art then it's not going to really do anything if we start throwing time at it it could turn into a big giant beast I guess, you know, when, when AI starts drawing Deadpool better than Rob Liefeld. Can that then, even be possible? I don't know. It's a tough, <laughs> tough world. It is. But <clears throat> I guess it, for me, I collect because of the, the art. I don't collect because of the story. But for those that write the story and prefer that, I mean, for me, until they start drawing like lot. Rob Liefeld or McFarlane, I would I would buy that for that reason. But if it's the story, then I don't think the AI, AI could keep up with that. Yeah, I mean, for as the way you collect, it would be kind of a bigger hit to you because then you're, as someone who only buys for the art aspect of it, it's like, ooh, does that really catch your eye as far as the AI art? Or is there something just about... I mean, what what is it about the art? Is it just the iconicness behind it, or is it the way the style? Like, what is it about the the comic book art that really grabs you? The, I don't know. I, I was a big fan of uh, of McFarlane for the way he drew things. He he drew Spider Man in such a way that you know made sense for that type of character because he was so um, bendy, I guess we'll call it. But Jim Lee just did a great job with those bulky muscle bound type people that he did a great job of that. But Mike Zek and uh, Shema and Ditko did a great job back in the, you know, seventies and eighties. So, I mean, those, those guys, the art is what did it for me back in the nineties, but then looking back at those guys. So it wasn't the story, but I mean, if you, if, if you could you know, redo that stuff and, and make you know, covers like this Joker cover, let's call it, right? This is 
I mean, I don't know who did this one. I, I'm sure it's somewhere on there, but this is just a great cover, right? Make an AI cover. I don't care who does Libre it. I mean, it's just, it's just a great cover in my opinion. I, I don't care who did it, but it just, it's artwork wise. It's a great cover. Yeah, Eric Williamson says, um, he says, for a small creator like me, not paying an artist hundreds of pages uh, is a, appealing. Stealing isn't. He says, I think it's an interesting space. Have an AI-drawn story in the works. Issues are that AI is uh, appropriating other artists and artwork and reworking it. So, you, But then, mm, is, that a, is that stealing, though? Because, I mean, the way AI works anyways is to to learn and adapt. It pulls information from different places. So at that point, if it's pulling, if you're saying, well, I want this to be drawn in this art style, and it's pulling it and drawing it in that art style or drawing something similar to what's already out there, I just think there's that's such a fine line to walk. I don't know. Uh, Cardi says it's great uh, to create inspiration and quick fixes. Says yes, using it as a tool set is, but not for sale for storyboarding mainly. But we shall see the landscape. Well, how many people say that this day and age do you have the artists who do the cover page like that Joker one I just showed, and they don't do the whole storyline? So why wouldn't it be a big deal if AI did it, and you get the big name? person to do the cover of it what's wrong with that well like but what eric is touching on isn't just a problem as far as ai goes like call back to this spider-man the last hunt like it's an homage to that web of spider-man book but it's like it's a direct it it's a direct homage almost like there's very little change in it you know that that's the whole problem with like a lot of this do you poo stuff is it's almost the same exact cover as the main cover. Just you replace the one character to look like Winnie the Pooh. Like right. it's not, I, I feel like there's a lot of like even homage covers nowadays are getting too close to being just direct copies. Like it, it's, like I said, it's all both kind of a fine line to me as far as that goes. Like, are you going to call someone out and be like, Tracer, Tracer, this copy right. is so close, so close. You made few little changes. Tracer. You know, are you gonna really sit there and just insult people's art like that? Like, yeah, I mean, you can because it's not uh, it's a whole, not a whole that, that different. So therefore, if it's if it's gonna be like I've seen some spawn covers that look like three hundred. I've seen some homage covers for three forty and whatnot, and they look different, but they got the same premise. But did you trace it? And that's what you're you know that's what that looks like, right? I mean, essentially, that's pretty close. You know, the, the web of Spider-Man just showed that looks pretty close to the original one. There's not a whole lot of difference to it. It isn't. I've seen there's a three there's a there's Hulk 340 and there's a Batman cover, which I haven't bought yet. I'm not sure if it's a, uh, you know, public one that you can buy virgin variant and whatnot. But it looks like it, except Batman's holding his and his fist. He has these, you know, three you know, bat razors he would throw and they look just like Wolverine's claws. So that's different, but a homage. And that's what, in my opinion, that's, that's creative, but not taking web of Spider-Man and making 
like Scarlet Spider-Man or Ben Riley on that or name whoever on that yeah. same pose. That's that, that's just a copy, like you said, a tracing of it. Eric says, I think the biggest issue is others getting paid for art inspired by something you drew appropriating for an AI creation. I'm inspired, but I get the deal when money livelihood is involved. Yes, exactly. You're it's essentially what it is. You're taking this would be taking people's livelihoods and artistic, you know, artistic expression away. Uh, Cardi says you can feed images. You can make a base AI to generate around it. Okay. I, think, I don't know. I, I just, think, like I said, AI art is just comics doing Well said, Ish. <laughs> well said, buddy. I, I have no problem using a homage image like the 340, the 300, but you got to make it different in some regard to make it your creative addition to the world, right? So... Well, I definitely, like, yeah. I mean, 300 already is one of the most over homaged books. That and then the what, Crisis on Infinite Earths, where, bat, where Superman's holding Supergirl. Like, yep. those two covers and poses are like the most overused cover, you know, poses and covers in comic books. Right. But again, McFarlane used that in three, I think it was 343 for Hulk. 300 i mean again it was different but it was similar but if you're going to homage it you know like it looks like it's traced and really what's the creative what's how did you create that what's your creative background to that not there well i mean don't get me started on on mcfarland like he's (laughs) he's a very uh he's one of those guys that's very known for homaging his self. Yes. You know, because if you look at the cover of Spider-Man 300 and the cover of Spider-Man 301, they're the same exact cover. You're just a different color and you don't have all the 300s around it. So it's like, I don't know if they were just like, well, we don't have a cover for this issue. Um, let's just put Spider-Man in his regular costume, um, not in the black costume, remove all the 300s and we'll just make the cover a dead white and and we'll put... Um, We'll put a solid green. We'll just make the bubble solid green. You know, it's like, all right, cool. It's just, he just, I don't know. Could be. I mean, they've done it so many times, even though in Spawn, he's done so so many homages to that 300 <laughs> cover. So I'm like, oh. Cardi says, like I said before, when Liefeld starts making good feet, we should really think it over. <laughs> but I don't know. Moving on. MCU fans. Imagine Henry Cavill post Superman career as Mr. Fantastic. This is a name that I had never thought of for Reed Richards, but I don't hate it. If I'm being honest, I don't hate it. Share on Reddit the fan art, which is an altered version of Alec Ross's timeless variant cover from 2020's Fantastic Four and 24, depicts the former Man of Steel as Reed Richards slash Mr. Fantastic, a founding member of the F- Marvel's first family. I again, I don't hate this. Like I. I think he looks good as Reed Richards. Is this the Reed Richards we want? I I don't I don't hate it, man. Like I mean I don't hate it, but I mean I think he's a better Captain Britain. 
because he's English? Like I don't know. I, but but put it this way: Can he be Hyperion? I don't know. I mean, that's not that's not a, that I, again. Like I've said before, I don't read the comics. I know I know the artwork and whatnot. I know Century. Would Henry Cavill look good with like flowing blonde hair? Probably not. No, no. Would he look good as Captain Britain with a mask on for some of it? Yeah. Yeah, what but if he, you're paying Henry Cavill that much money, like you don't want him to have a mask on his face the entire true, time. That's he, why, like, but he won't be Doom then. But he can be Captain Britain, and they can change the mask somewhat to make it fit that that part of it. But I mean, Reed Richards, that's that's like that's a push. I mean, you need well, to, then like, you'd be you'd be running into the Chris Evans territory where he only really had the mask on. A, 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 you know a little bit of the time and even the majority of the time he was in his suit without his helmet on or or what have you so yeah. that's I just like idea. I mean you could get a good amount of years at him he would he fits he looks good in that I don't know man like he's one I never thought of for this character but I, I gotta admit I kind of like it but Reed Richards is not supposed to be some type of tough guy genius he's supposed to be a genius dork well kind of like people who run a podcast i mean look at if you watch that anola holmes where he plays sherlock holmes he does a good job of being a smart intellectual person so i think he could yeah, do he's, that he's built to be a superhero that guy he is i mean christopher reeves was one in a million being superman back in that day and age he just he had the look he had he had a lot going for him. This guy, Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill has the same thing. I just don't think he, he can play some nerd. He he has to be some type of superhero, built superhero type of guy. I mean, I, again, I wouldn't I wouldn't have a problem. Uh, what do you think, Ish? Are you falling asleep over there? Ish Ish went Ish went night night. <laughs> this this internet. Do you want to log on to my internet or something? What the hell? <laughs> Ish, at this point, you might as well just like go into your hotspot or something, buddy, on your phone. Oh. Ish, Ish fell asleep. Good night. At least, at oh, least he's awake. Oh, he, <laughs> he popped up. He, he's he, awake. He, he couldn't have a bad picture, but he had a decent picture. I, I give him credit. Yeah. Ish, Ish is alive. Ish must be a Packers fan. No. And uh, are you a Packers fan your whole life? Who me? Yeah. I'm not a Packers Absolutely. fan. You gotta be. A, who, what fan are you? Arizona Ish. Cardinals. What? Last five minutes. Deep dot. Deep dot. Deep dot. Well said, Ish. Kept cutting out. Spoken like a true scholar, Ish. A true scholar. So ask Matt. He's been a Packers fan since when? I've been a Packers fan my entire life. And it, it goes it's it runs in my family because my grandfather, my dad grew up in Wisconsin. My grandfather grew up in Wisconsin. So my grandfather was good friends with Fuzzy Thurston, who was on the Packers. So mm-hmm. my dad got to go to the games at Lambeau Field. He's been into the, the locker room, like I've gone to games at Lambeau Field. I was at the NFC Championship game. Brett Favre's last game as a Packer where he threw an interception in overtime to lose to the New York Giants. 
Um, I was at that game. I was oh six. Yeah, I've I've just been. It's just a family thing, so it just kind of runs in our family. That been Packers fan since the day I was born. Essentially, I've never been really other fan. The only other team, even though they're in the same division, being from Michigan, I I do root for the Lions too, just because they're like the perennial losers. They lose all the time. So I'm I'm would I mean, love like, to see a scenario where they could both make it into the playoffs, but right now it just it could happen this year. But I mean, it's like rooting for your college team to make it to the NFL and play. Yeah, in the, I mean, like back in the, in the day. Yeah, that's but, all right. I can give you that much because the people like I live near. I'm in Western Pennsylvania, and you got where I'm at. I got Bills fans, Cleveland fans, and Pittsburgh fans. Where the hell do the Green Bay people come in from here? Right? I can yeah. understand if you're one of those three fans, but unless you grew up that way, I can appreciate that. I grew up as a Steeler fan. I've been at the games, blah, blah, blah. You got this history. I can appreciate that. I think that's great. There's something about, you know, like if you either woke up, you you as a kid, you grew up, and all, all I got was TBS, so I'm a, I'm a Braves fan. That's great. Right? All I could get was, again, back to comics and things like that. All I could find was Spider-Man, or I, all I got was Batman. That's what my local shop carried. Great, man. That's that's where that came from. But you just picked the best team as a kid because of the Patriots, the Packers. Like, you pick it because of your family, right? I think that's that has more – that has more uh, in, in, like, in enjoyment that way or, like, your uh, – makeup in that regard i think because it's that reason. the allure of the fl- franchise too though the history in it the fact that they're the only you know nfl team that's not owned by an owner they're owned by the city of green bay they're owned by the people they're owned by the the people that spend yeah, but 200 it, to 300 dollars for shares in their stock and you're in arizona right like that cardinals that team used to be where else st louis right mm-hmm Right, so well, now, and Chicago, so yeah, right. So they moved around, but those people that go week in and week out and have this built, they they care about that team, even though they have no background, they have no history, they have no, they've won nothing. I'm, I I guess you can take it with you from Cle- Cleveland or, or I mean from Chicago to different places they were, but they are diehards because that's their team. I give them credit for that. Like if you since you grew up because your family was a Green Bay fan, that's different than. I just picked them because they were good in the nineties, right? Like the Cowboys or the Steelers or, or you name the team that was good, or I'm a Patriots fan because they were good the last 20 years. That's, that has nothing. You live in, you live in Florida, pick mm-hmm. the Jaguars, pick the Buccaneers. That's your team. Like, I think you need to be more along the line of your, where you live from. So <clears throat> either you got to have a history or you got to live in that city. That's the way I view it. You can't just pick the best team because I could pick if I want to go into basketball, I could pick Cleveland. I could pick what's his name from uh, L.A., right? You got the uh, – what's his name? LeBron. Not LeBron, the uh, – the uh, um, oh, shit. I'm not a big – I'm not a big basketball guy at all. Shit. The, cl- the Clippers? The Clippers and the other team that's in there that – one the king like, or the king or oh golden state mm-hmm. with what's his name he can make any three if, you know I, I i'm not a big basketball guy but i'm thinking like i could pick them as my team and 
gold nuggets. I, I, I have all their stuff, right? <laughs> For what reason? Uh, that's that's where like my house, like I'm trying to my daughter and I already set my mind. My daughter's gonna be a Packers fan. My wife is like, Well, I'm a I like the 49ers, but I also like the Packers. I'm like, you gotta pick one. You can't have more than but one. Why does she like the 49ers? Because she I, grew up because Montana no, was no. I don't yeah, I don't even know really her I don't think she even knows her her reason for loving the 49ers. Right, but I think but, you got a great history on the on the Packers. As much as I hate the Packers, I'll give you that. Because you got a good history there with your with your grandfather grandfather. It says I'm not a Packers fan. Nobody thought <laughs> I know you're nobody not is. Fan. Nobody is except anyone from Wisconsin, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it came oh, she from says because that's the team that got her into football. Yeah, well. Oh, 49ers because of Joe Montana. I'll give yeah. you that. But I think that's why everyone was a Cowboys fan because remember the 80s 90s. and early 90s where every you know where they were just win in the Super Bowl constantly and so so were the, so were the Buffalo Bills and I live in a town where is Buffalo the was perennial there. losers Buffalo the, Bills yep and I have people that live here like they brought out all their shit from the 90s like. It didn't go bad 25 years ago, and they're going to wear it now, and they act like they're the best team in football. And they might be. We'll see. I'm not going to say they're not. but I mean, I'll give it to fans. If you're willing to jump through a table and do half the stuff that the, Bill, <laughs> the, Bull, the Bills fans do, more power to you. If you're willing to be a Philly fan and to meet the eating horse shit after they win the <laughs> Super Bowl, more power on you there too. But Yeah. I, I've not, I, I have more respect for people that – Grew up with a team and they went through the bad time to the good time. And that's what makes a fan, right? So you were a Packers fan and because of your lineage, right? Your your grandfather you just mentioned on the phone. That That's big to me. Again, I, I, that's me. Somebody else might be different. But if you grew up and you were a fan because of somebody else or because even though when they were bad, you still watched them. That's, that's what means more to me than, oh, I became a Patriots fan because they won every Super Bowl. That's... That's just picking yeah, I mean, the best team. I mean, and that's really like my only team that I'm otherwise I'm a Michigan fan. I'm a baseball, I'm a Detroit, I'm a diehard Tigers fan. Basketball, I'm a Pistons fan. Hockey, Red Wings fan, but not football is just the one that like I still pull for the Lions and, and as long as they're not playing the Packers. And otherwise but sorry, you gotta have a reason for it, in my in my opinion. But again, that's me. You guys do what you want to do, but I always think you got to have some history as to why you chose that team. It can't just be because they've been good for a while because Aaron Rodgers is on every state farm commercial. You know, you got to have, there's some basis for it. Like I went to games as a kid. I, I met the Steelers. Like that's, that's why they're mean a lot to me. They mean a lot yeah. to you because of your grandfather. Um, the Flash's first full trailer, speaking of football, has a release date, Super Bowl Sunday. The first full trailer for DC Studios' The Flash is on the way. The rap reports the new trailer will debut during the Super Bowl on Sunday, February 12th, 2023, which is right here in Arizona, 15 minutes from my house. Fans can get another glimpse later that week when the fo- uh, footage appears in the front of Marvel Studios' Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Screening starts February 16th, 2023. So it looks like if they're pulling out of there, I think they're trying to recoup some of this, that $80 billion or whatever it was, $8 billion, whatever it was we reported on last week, that they're trying to recoup a little bit of that because they are, it sounds like pushing a lot of money into uh, promos for this Flash movie if they're going to buy ad time, ad space in the Super Bowl. 
for this movie. Like, you're talking millions of dollars for like 15 second ads in the Super Bowl, and you're going to give us a good one to minute, one and a half minute to two minute trailer during the Super Bowl. I think they're they they either feel really good about this movie or they're trying to recoup some money to get this in front of people to get it out there to go see it. I don't know, but I wonder about this movie because it means nothing now. Like I, I said this last week that that whole last minute or two of Black Adam meant nothing now. So how do you build a universe with these movies that they don't, you know, that that's not going to be part of the universe moving forward? I, again, I want to see this movie if it has Michael Keaton in, in it. That means a lot more to me than Ezra Miller. But I mean, <clears throat> does it have a lot of bearing to what James Gunn's going to develop? No, absolutely not. So why not just wait till it comes out on, you know, Max. That's the Eric Williams part. said, "Sweet, my DC connect, uh, my DC connect with the naked Ezra cover will be worth millions." Ish says, "I have a feeling we're getting Michael Keaton in the Flash movie. I think we are as well." Yeah, but they're not going to le- use this Flash going forward, right? They haven't said. I think. I think if it comes out and it's a really good movie and it makes it crap ton of money i think they'll they'll move forward with it i think it really just depends on what it does in the box office if it if it comes out and and is an absolute monster then i think it's gonna you'll they'll move forward with more ezra because they have like this dude's been in so much controversy robbing people fighting people you know grooming people kidnapping leading a cult whatever you want to call it he's done so much that they've just kind of turned a blind eye to and said, all right, well, if you want anything going forward, you need to get help. And he's like, all right, I will, you know, they've just turned a blind eye to so much that obviously they're pulling hard for this movie. They feel like something's here. And I think if it comes out and it's an absolute monster and like does really well in the box office then they'll move forward with them. If it, if it like, it's an absolute dud, then I think they'll shit can him and move on to someone else. Yeah, but you got this. This movie is going to have Michael Keaton in it and some type of multiverse situation going on, right? Mm-hmm. So, and and I think they've tried to disconnect this movie from that stuff because they already removed. I think there was an Aquaman. I want to say there's a no. There was a Wonder Woman and a Superman cameo that they were going to have in it that they've already cut out. <clears throat> Yeah, but so, so you you got this this movie that's slated to do some type of interconnectivity to other movies going forward, and then there's nothing, right? So, yeah, you know, that's what I'm getting at. Like they they're gonna have Michael Keaton into it, so that's why I would see it for that reason. But does that mean I would I care what the Flash is gonna do forward? No, because of that, I'm watching it because of the Michael Keaton involvement going forward but they took him out of everything else that's moving that that that's you know coming forward right all those other movies they took michael keaton's involvement the batgirl movies off the slate uh this flash movie he's in that one but there's been some other ones he might have been part of so 
I'm like, well, what's the point of just seeing this? It has no bearing. It's like it, it has mm-hmm. no bearing to what's going to happen, in my opinion. <clears throat> so sorry. No, you're fine. But yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll see it, and depending on the trailer, I think the trailer is going to be kind of that deciding factor, or just to to see what all the fuss was about. I think something tells me that I think this movie will do well. I think the Flash will do well. So funny. Not so sure about Aquaman or Shazam too, but I think Flash will do well. Yeah, I think it has a great premise, this movie, to, to bring back in the old Batman if he's still in it. And that may help us out. Or maybe Ezra's issues he had, that may help that movie. But you're right. Like Aquaman 2, knowing that he's going to probably be Lobo next, <laughs> won't help that movie out. Right. So all those movies are going to like the slated movies are going to die off. This is the one people are going to want to see like homecoming. Yeah. But it has no bearing. That's the unfortunate part about it. Like, Oh, I just wish, I wish James Gunn could figure out a way to make this movie part of the going forward. I mean, Um, it would, if it's flashpoint, it's a good reset. It would be a good reset point for, for all that stuff. But Cardi says Ezra's not making fans. Uh, Sony execs confirm new next live action Spider-Man movie is happening. Speaking to the Hollywood Reporter, Sony Pictures Entertainment chairperson Thomas Rothman confirmed that the studio will release another film uh, for the friendly neighborhood webhead. When asked whether the studio has plans for another Spider-Man film, the executive responded, you bet. Despite this confirmation, Roth did not reveal any further details regarding the project, admitting that not even he knows when it will premiere. Uh, when you can expect it, I don't know. Uh, serve no wine before it's time, Rothman said. In late 2022, several so-called insiders insisted that Spider-Man 4 was entering advanced pre-production, but these claims were never verified. I think it's just another one of those. We're going to just um, misdirect and misdirect until you get an announcement that it's coming. I... I believe that it's fast-tracked especially after the success of homecoming and kind or um, i mean uh, no way home and kind of the the shambles marvels in as far as talking about moving movies and slates and having so many open dates i wouldn't be surprised if spider-man is fast-tracked and they do take uh one of those slots i guess it all just really depends on tom holland and how serious he is about uh taking a break from acting so Got to be some involvement in that Secret Wars coming up, the black suit. Yeah, you have to get all that. Yep. But how does he? How does he fall into this whole Spider Verse that's coming out next year? Right. Uh, I mean, I he might make. I wonder if he'll make an appearance in it, if like animation form, if he'll voice a character in it or not. I mean, you got that coming out. You got if he's not involved in that that's going to be two movies. So that'll come out this year and then pretty much nothing until 2025. Right. I don't know if there's another Spider-Man movie on the docket till then. So you're not going to have any involvement till 2025 with secret wars and potentially that black suit. So, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised honestly, if, if they're going to go the black suit route, if we don't get a Spider-Man movie till like, if you get Spider-Man, Four and then um, the Avengers Secret Wars, if they just roll right into one, you know, 
if Spider-Man rolls right into that with the black suit stuff. Because we know that it, it they make you feel like at the end of No Way Home, they make you feel like that the symbiote, Venom symbiote does not exist in the MCU. And so now it does since a part of it was left behind. So um it makes it, you know, kind of feel like that's going to be searching for searching out Spider-Man. But do we think maybe with the Spider-Verse that we're gonna have a Miles Morales sometime connection to this universe to the that universe I don't know. into this one? I, I get the feeling that Sony's kind of said we're Miles Morales is gonna be our Spider-Man and we're gonna do you know our stuff with him and Marvel can use Peter Parker and do their stuff with them. So like you can use the Peter Parker in the MCU and in these movies and we'll just slap the Sony studios label on it. You and we'll go about our day and we're going to make our movies in animation with Miles Morales and the Spider-Verse. Cause I mean, don't you think Spider-Verse was a massive hit and I'm, I can only imagine that across the Spider-Verse is going to be a massive hit, but don't you think Marvel wants to bring that into their forefront here? Somehow. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know if Miles Morales is really on their radar. I mean, I know in the first um, in Homecoming, you have his uncle Aaron, and he's mentioned. He says, you know, I have an nephew, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I don't know if I really don't know if My- getting Miles Morales in the MCU is is in the forefront of their their plans right now. That's that's a great question, but I just don't I don't I don't know. I don't see. Well, think of the MCU adding all these diversity to their slate. Yeah. Right or wrong. Why wouldn't you try to add Miles Morales to that? And and again, I heard I heard today I listened to uh um one of the a podcasts that mentioned that Miles Morales' books don't really command much these days because they don't have the they don't get the they don't get the sales that, that any other Peter Parker book gets. But when it comes to the Miles Morales movie or game, it's much different. So if they promote him Sony-wise through the movies and the MCU promotes him, then that might catapult that act, that type, that Peter Parker, that Spider-Man into the future, right? Future MCU, right? We're going to have him in the Secret Wars. We're going to have him in going forward right the miles morales I, I apparently he can't hold a title to himself but he can definitely do pretty well when it comes to the gaming part of it or the comic book part early like like that uf4 other than that i see i know. think it's i i don't agree with that at all because like i think miles suffers from who's writing him when when bendis created him and bendis was writing him and pacelli was drawing it like that book was on fire. Like uh, UF Ultimate Fallout 4, that book was on fire. Miles was everywhere. Everybody couldn't get enough miles. Everybody wanted more. And now I think it's like the last creative team. I can't remember who was writing before. It, after Bendis left, the book kind of fell off a little bit. Um, I'm interested to see if that new issue one that just came out a few weeks ago kind of relaunches that book. I picked it up just to see what was going on with it. Um, I think miles is one of those very special characters that you have to handle just right. Because 
in a lot of ways you're messing with another character's lineage you're messing with another character's um legacy so with him taking over for peter parker as and giving that spider-man title you you got to be very careful not to screw up that um that legacy of the spider-man name zaggy says raw copies still 300 plus for miles a hidden dragon he's a hidden dragon yeah i mean i think that a lot of speculators don't want to admit that the reason we're seeing a downturn in in these books is because the market's cooling off people don't have that covid money anymore that dispensable income that they had and it's just the the comic book market as a whole is is cooling off like we we just we just saw one of the you know a big independent publisher in aftershock file for chapter 11 bankruptcy yeah they can it, it means they can still kind of operate while they figure out their financial situations but i think there's a lot a lot of that downturn and in, in the cooling off of books has to do with the market and people just aren't spending money on comics they were the way they were before because you have all these big boy books dropping like it's not just miles it's not just ultimate fallout for like you can't before a few a year ago spider gwen you couldn't find edge of spider verse 2 you know for a decent price like even her book was there's my local comic shop has her that book sitting nine eight for three grand right now and they can't move it it's been there for a year they can't move it it just i think a lot of it has to do with the market cooling off and a lot of these speculators who bought in bulk and now it's buying biting them in the ass are like well you know it's not you know it it's because this character isn't driving you know isn't driving interest or they're not using these characters in the mcu it, it no it, i think it the mcu doesn't have anything to do with it i think it's just people are getting hip to fomo people are realizing that fomo is real and they're not gonna and the, you know they're understanding if you're buying a book to sell it and you haven't already had it before that person debuts that you're behind the eight ball like with so many shows on youtube that are people are getting into and how the pandemic kind of had a positive effect on the comic book industry. And so many people started watching speculation shows and comic book shows on the internet like this and other shows. It just like, like comic Tom and you know, all that stuff. I think it, people are getting more hip to it now. And so it's changing the market in a, in a drastic way. But do you think that, that, that this new Peter Parker, this new, this new iteration of Spider-Man is a similar to an AF15 years and years later. Like, so having this makes sense. This is a key collectible to someone who's a Spider-Man character. I, it's hard to say because I think we're still very much in the infancy of of Miles Morales. I think in in order to really they have to be able to separate him from Peter Parker's legacy as Spider-Man and kind of give him his own. Cause I think with Spider-Man, if they, if, if they give miles, his own villains in his own rogues gallery, separate from Peter Parker's, then I could see a time when ultimate fallout four becomes the AF 15 of our time. Um, yeah. But the fact that, 
they keep that lineage so close and he's constantly fighting regurgitated Spider-Man villains. And that's really to me, what makes Spider-Man, what makes Spider-Man is his rogues gallery. It's his villains. And how iconic his villains, like what's Batman without the Joker? Like what's Spider-Man without the green goblin? What's Superman without Lex Luthor? Like it's, it's their, their rogues gallery that make these characters what they are. And if you just, regurgitate these new heroes to fight the already established rogues and you're not giving them a chance to stand on their own, then no, I don't really see much of anything measuring up to like AF, you know, uh, AF 15 or action comics one or anything like that. You know? Yeah. It's, that's the biggest problem is they don't, they just haven't been able to continue and that Miles, they've they've redone his story how many times, and they haven't been able. They've rebooted him over and over again, and he hasn't been able to keep a title, except for that UFO. And I, I don't know if, if because of if he was just another white Spider-Man, it would have taken off like it did. I, I don't know. I think. I mean, I I think he keeps the title. Like he's had long runs, right? But he um, has not sold out. I, I listened to uh, the Comic-Con podcast. There's a couple guys from the uh, a show that's on, uh, Lords of Longbox, and uh, the, they do a show on every Friday. And uh, one of the guys they brought on last week does a – he has his own comic book, his own comic book community called – it's called Issam. I think it's, it's the name of it. But essentially, he compared, and he said, my book that he does – with this brand new character called Isum. I think that's the name of it. Sorry if I, I mess it up. But he his character has sold more copies than Miles Morales as Spider-Man. So the fact that Spider-Man is not as popular as Miles Morales and has has had reboots throughout the last since 2014 is the problem. Like Miles Morales today does not outsell Peter Parker. And he never will he probably never will. It's but everyone but, I mean, people don't have that same, like, it. it's hard to say, because kids growing up now, like, in 10 years, is it going to be the same way? In 10 years, is Miles might be the Spider-Man. He might be, because it's just kids growing up with that character. Like When, when, I, when I grew up, okay, my favorite players in baseball were Daryl Strawberry and Tony Gwynn. I had no idea that they were black or white. I just liked them because of the way they played. It wasn't until I was older till someone pointed it out to me that there was some difference in their color as to mine, right? Unfortunately, right? So my kids who know Miles Morales know him as Miles Morales. That's that's how they know him. Mm-hmm. I knew Peter Parker because that was the Spider-Man that I collected, but my kids know Miles Morales. So that could take off because of that reason, because they know him as just Spider-Man. It has nothing to do with the color. My kids don't, I, I don't think you have to equate to somebody. You have to relate to somebody because of their color. You have to relate to them because something they do is, you know, to your liking. It, it, color has nothing to do with it. Right. So therefore, if they like miles, they like miles. And because he does, he has cool music. He has cool this and that. Great. I mean, that, that could propel that character forward. But I, I guess According to what the podcast I watched last week, they said that he didn't have any staying power. But I don't think that's the case because my kids are big fans of him for various reasons, just because they think he's cool. Yeah, I don't think that's the case either. Like, 
Zaggy just said, go to cons. Little kids asking for Miles constantly. Like, Miles covered still sell huge. You see Miles cosplayed everywhere. Into the Spider-Verse was a massive movie. I don't know how you can say he has no staying power. Honestly, I think, right, really, the the character, the way I see it anyway, is as much as I love Peter Parker, I think he's the one without the staying power because all these people who grew up on Peter Parker, like, you know, you grew up on him, I grew up on him through different means, through the comics, through Spider-Man the Animated Series, through all these different mediums. Now they're kind of shifting that focus to Miles. So you're kind of getting all that with Miles. So it's like the kids growing up now are going to grow up as Miles is their Spider-Man. So Peter's going to get etched out more versus Miles. I think like I think in 10 years, it, Miles will be the Spider-Man. It won't be so much Peter Parker anymore versus Miles because all these kids that are growing up now are going to know, well, Miles was my Spider-Man. It's just, I think it's all like we were talking with football I think it's all in how you connect to these characters and what they mean to you. And I think the interesting thing, the interesting thing to me about Spider-Man is that Peter Parker is kind of, he, everyone kind of relates to him because he has the same problems we all do. Like other than having superpowers, like his, his personal life is, is a lot like a lot of ours and miles. I think the intriguing thing in miles is he has just as much conflict as miles Morales as he does Spider-Man. And I think a lot of their writing is they choose to, to focus more on miles as an individual versus Spider-Man. So a lot of his conflict is, is as miles Morales, not as Spider-Man. So that's why a lot of, I think it's more like, Oh, well that's miles Morales. That's miles. He gets recognized more as miles Morales versus being Spider-Man because the majority of his conflict is about who he is being, you know, um, multiracial being black and, and Puerto Rican. I think he is. And, and things like that. So it's it just the way the character is. I I think it's kind of it's a bold statement to say Miles has no staying power. Like, yeah, I was. But the thing of it is, who said that was a black a black um, artist who does has his own comic book industry, comic book uh, company. So I thought that was interesting to say that Miles has no staying power because he hasn't been able to outsell Peter Parker. My kids, my kids know who Miles is, and 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 I I prefer them not to know. Miles is just somebody they they like, not because of his color, just because they they think his stories are good. Well, that's like, like I, saying that Nightwing has no staying power because he's not outselling Batman. Like you're not going to outsell at this point in the game. Like that's not even a fair comparison because Peter Parker's a juggernaut. Superman's a juggernaut. That's like saying Jonathan Kent isn't outselling Superboy doesn't outsell Superman, so he has no staying power. I think it's just different. It's going to be different genres, yeah, and if, different age groups, and just. But if you have a, a a brand new comic coming out that has no universe at all, no background, cannot sell a Miles Morales book. Was the point of this? It should. Isom. It it's, should. It's called Isom. I S O M. He he sells more books himself through his the, the universe he created versus Miles. Here I, it should, and I'm here to tell you, it, your first ten issues should out. So you know why that's you know why that is. That's called intrigue. That's called people saying, "Hey, what's this? This whole new world, something they know nothing about, getting in on the ground level, in in following along with that." Like Spider Man, Miles has been around for a few years now, so like it's very hard to get the AI, You know, you know, really, it's not, but it is in some cases to get an ultimate fallout for to get 
that you know um ultimate comic spider-man number one the first mile you know miles led story it's uh ish says ism is a 35 dollar comic it's pretty good for like a comic that just came out right well i mean is it they're charging 35 dollars right that like shelf price or is that what it's going for re uh you know secondary market srp is 30 oh it's it says srp is 35 bucks so that means they're charging 35 bucks for that book and it's a kickstarter book right off the rip so yeah it's people in being intrigued in buying into what the guy is selling right and i I, 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 I thought he had i I thought the the information he had i mean it made sense and whatnot i thought i'm gonna go and buy the book but uh, like if, if that book's selling miles i'm saying to myself and he's he's a black rapper why is he not buying that book right i want my kid to just buy the book because he wants that book <clears throat> i don't need you to relate to the i mean again i related to people because i, I didn't relate to him i i like tony Gwynn because he was a great baseball player i, I don't care what color he was right mm-hmm. right it had nothing to do with that like if i i like peter parker because he was spider-man it, I, it was cool he could have been he could have been red or green. I don't I don't really care. So my kid said oh, he likes Miles. Great. I, I'm all about that. It has nothing to do with the that it has to fit your background. It has to do with it, it fits your liking. And if that's what Miles has going forward, then that that the staying power of Miles. But if that you're telling me that that other books outsell Miles, that makes me wonder like. Will this guy still be around in, in in ten years? I don't know, and that's and that's my question. Like UFO is a big book; it's a big grail these days and age this day and age. But if it's not sticking around because they're saying it's 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 not big for this for certain groups of people, it's it's not going to it's not for various reasons. Then it's not an AF 15 20 years from now. I just think you have to be real careful with there's a lot of market manipulation that goes on and being someone who is part of a a channel uh, that was very spec heavy and seeing what's behind the scenes there's a lot of market manipulation that goes on so you're gonna have a lot of these influencers that are gonna come out and say oh well this book you know there's no staying power here so they hope the market on that book cools off even further to where they can buy, they can, you know, buy in quantity and then turn around and pump the shit out of that book and, you know, triple, double, triple their money. So you, when you're listening to what people say on shows like this, I mean, not this one, of course, we only give you the best information ever. You know, this is the way this and then absolute game of nerds like that's it. But <laughs> no, but there's a lot of market manipulation that happens. A lot of pump. We call it pump. I'm sure you're familiar with the pump term and pump and dump. Yeah. So there's a lot of that where a lot of this time, these books have no real significance and they're never going to play out, but they're going to pump the shit out of them because they're sitting on tons and tons and tons and tons and copies of them. Like pay attention to Instagram. There's, there's a lot of other channels out there. Well, they'll talk about, the hot books of the week, the hot 10 of the week. And then you go on Instagram and one person that's on that show is showing off 70 copies of that book. Like it, it, there is a lot of market manipulation going on. And 
So you got to just watch out for that too. But is as far as that dude outselling miles, well, if you're doing a Kickstarter and you're starting a whole new world and you're selling your book at MS, you know, SRP 35 bucks and people have already thrown $2 million at you over Kickstarter. If you're offering them something new that they haven't seen before and people are going to want to check it out. Absolutely. It should, your first 10 issues should outsell miles Morales in its current state, okay. but put your, put those 10 issues up against sales for ultimate fallout four or even sales for miles Morales's first series. And I have a feeling they don't stack up. Oh, that's what I was, that's, that's a good point <clears throat> because the way they made it sound, I was like, well, okay. <clears throat> These books, like I'm out selling miles Morales from X, Y, and Z. And this is coming from a black rapper who, who would have some type of tie into miles. Right. Like, again, I don't, I, my kids collect whatever they collect. I don't, I, I was a big fan of Daryl strawberry just because of his play had nothing to do with what he looked like. Right. So if my kids like miles, great. If, if that, I don't think you have to, they have to look like you in order to, to, to idolize them in my, in my opinion. But apparently based on this, what this rapper had said, black, you know, black collectors and his book, he got more play than miles. And I was like, what happened here? I mean, is Miles just on a book that's going to do good for long term? Is he is he just like, oh, we got the AF-15 of the 2010s. We're going to stack this away and someday we're going to make our money back on this thing. But, you know, Peter Parker is always going to be here. I don't know. That sounds like someone trying to be a, like their own hype man, trying to hype their own brand. And yeah, could be. I mean, I, I love regardless of race or whatever. I loved Miles' first two series like. Ultimate Fallout, Miles Morales, and then Miles Morales Spider-Man. I love those first two runs of Miles. And then it, it kind of went in a direction where I didn't like where they were taking the character, so I kind of fell off on it. So, But to say Miles doesn't have the saying power. They, they keep don't. saying he has, he has to be rebooted every time. And I think with the Spider-Verse and the game, then, yeah, I think it's great. Like, you know, my kids, you know, we grew up in the 90s where – the multicultural side of our lives became, you know, very um, hype, you know, exemplified. We'll put it through that since the nineties. And that's not a bad thing. And my kids are a part of that. And I think that's okay that they can, you know, like, like whoever you like, but the fact that they're saying like that this had to be, hyped because it it didn't do well so i had to redo it and do it again and blah 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 like that's comics though like how many times have they killed and brought back norman osborne how many times how many times they've done it with peter parker like i I say to myself who's someone who just picked up an ultimate fallout i'm thinking how many times have they done this guy since 2014 they redid him like is he not does have staying power i've seen the spider-verse movie i thought it was cool i mean did I miss something here? Is it not as, is he not as big of a character or, or what? Like, does he have staying power? And I think he does, in my opinion, based on what may happen in Marvel in the coming years. So I'm okay with holding that book on investment purposes, but does miles have a bigger impact to the world? Yes. Yes. You know, I think that's a, he's a great character to add into this Marvel MCU coming forward here. But that was the Marvel. I mean, that was the Marvel method for a long time is, you know, it was 
reboot every year. Every year we're going to reboot for the new number one. Like they had, you know, they just, what the last few, I want to say 10 years, you had the end of the dance slot, you know, you had the dance slot stuff that's went into superior Spider-Man then superior Spider-Man where Doc Ock with Spider-Man spun out and to a new series. And then it just got rebooted again and again, and they just recently rebooted it again. So it's just like, they're constantly rebooting these these characters. Like I can't tell you how many times Spider-Man's been rebooted. Look how many times Batman's been rebooted. How many times S- Superman? Like there's a reason they have legacy numbers because these right. series have been boot rebooted so many times or so many different volumes. So to say that, you know, oh well, Miles keeps getting rebooted and rebooted and rebooted, it's it's because they change creative teams. So the creative team that's on that book for that long span ends their story arc and then a new creative team takes over. So why not start over at new number one, new number one, new creative team, new stories, new, you know, new path for this character. So I think for them to, you know, for this person to say, Oh, well he has no staying power because they rebooted him. That's that yeah, but makes, that, doesn't make fact, sense. The fact that it was a, a black person that said that made me think like there's someone I listened to. It's bronze and modern, modern gods. It's a podcast. And, and the one, Richard, he's, he, I think he's black, right? So he has a lot of, he have, has a lot of um, connection to Miles Morales, this guy, same way, right? So I can see that, right, from the, that aspect of it. And that's why they would be a big fan of, uh, of Miles from what they said. But he's like, no, like this guy has no staying power. He does not outsell, he does not outsell Peter Parker. And I was surprised yeah. to me because this is like, like my kids could care less what Peter Parker looked like. They, they, they like the story, right? Miles is a cool character and, and they've seen it across the Spider-Verse. They've seen the Spider-Verse movie, but trying to tell me that Miles did not outsell Peter Parker was like, well, that's, that's in this day and age and this, this push from Marvel, how does that not happen? Well, look, let's look at this. So Miles Morales came out his first appearance when when was when was uh ultimate fallout 4 when did that come out that came out in 2014 okay 2014 all right spider-man's first appearance a um amazing fantasy 15 came out when 1963 60 oh you're talking peter has had all that more time peter started at first like he introduced, he was the original and, you know, Spider-Man. There's just, you've got such a massive year gap, you know, between these characters. You can't compare them. That's like, that's like comparing Dr. Pepper to Dr. Thunder or like, <laughs> you know, it's, you can't, you can't say that, oh, well, because he's not outselling Peter, he has no staying power. Right. But you, you have a new group of people coming in. <clears throat> to the collecting like that are not what we you and i look like and that's and that's a great thing and in, in, in my eyes i think it's great to have more people in the collecting world right and they got to have their heroes like superman was white he needs to stay white in my opinion but miles i think it's good a different take there's a different take on superman that's that's great to involve that so those those characters that came in as different the people that identified as that and the people that didn't and just got into it, then that that's a great time that they got involved in that. 
I don't well, think what happened. I don't think race plays that big a deal into it. Like I, I fully support like if you're a, a a black kid growing up and you gravitate to Miles because he's a black kid, like that's awesome. Like that's relatability. But I think it's more so like the stories and how these characters make you feel and how their situations make you feel. And I think to not saying that you're doing this, but for someone to to appropriate this character's worth just to their race and that like oh well because this character is black and the black community isn't buying into it and he's got no staying power it that doesn't really make sense or compute to me because it it's, should be more about the character their stories how they make you feel how you relate to them how you connect to them you know how they move the the superhero genre forward but it's like peter parker started it all like it's you're not gonna beat up, you know. You're not gonna outsell Peter as long as Peter Parker's on the newsstand. You're not gonna outsell, yeah. But Peter Parker, there's a lot of Marvel books that aren't. Peter Parker is like the number one. Spider Man is the number one selling book in Marvel almost every month. So like you're most of the heroes in the Marvel slate are not outselling Spider Man. Right, you but know? Uh, my my thought is if you got someone who's a a, a black consumer who has telling me that that's you know that that's what they're buying right so they're still out selling they're buying more peter parker than they are miles why the change right why did they make this whole universe thing and and not push it forward right if it didn't have staying power then why are we paying big big dollars for the right ufo that's that's my question probably because he connected with spider-man first he connected with peter parker first peter parker you know he found something in that character before Miles came along. Like, like I said, Miles is his power until he gets his own Rogues Gallery. He's just a knockoff of Peter Parker, and that's that's all it is. It's but universe, and again, and, and that's okay. But I'm thinking, like, I think that's a cool take on it because I don't look at the color of of things because, again, I like baseball players because they how they played. Right. I like I like. Spider-Man, I like the black suit Spider-Man. That was the first one because it was a cool-looking costume, not because of black or white. It's just, you know, that's what it was. So I think, you know, if it's if it comes on a color, then maybe Miles makes sense because kids in the inner city or wherever it may be have some type of relationship to it, but it has to be prolonged to, 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 to make it last, right? It has to be something that has some some staying power and, and that's what i wanted to have i i wanted to be more of a not just changing the character but changing but getting some type of connection with other people to make the character move you know grow within our worlds here that's what i'm saying so yeah no i get what you're saying but like in that standpoint like i said before if you're making a new character that is a new world like your first five to 10 issues should outsell someone like miles because it's people are getting in or trying to get invested in your, in your world and what you're building your sandbox you're playing in as to where you already kind of know the sandbox miles plays in. So it's, it, you're on two different levels there. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, to me, it's just saying, well, miles has no staying power because he's not outselling Peter Parker. doesn't make sense. It doesn't make like, sense to me. Saying like a a black 
collector saying like a black person who's producing books to say that to, to me that i think that's i'm like wow then why aren't you buying moms be like there's a reason like i would I'm, I'm not buying peter because he's white like but but kids who maybe look more like miles might buy more of that so that so therefore if he's not out selling then but they're buying this other book i isam right mm-hmm. there's a reason for that why, why is that why because why? It's, it's a new product it it all depends on how it's being we're we are a race of you know it, it's all on how it's sold to you it's how it's like you know what are you being sold you know how is how's it being pitched how's it being marketed how's it being sold to you and if it's like you know it, it's the greatest thing since the invention of coca-cola or the invented the greatest thing since sliced bread or you know the greatest thing since viagra it's it's all in how it's advertised to you that's going to draw you to come check out this book so if this dude is good at hustling and promoting his own brand and promoting his own book and people flock to it like kickstarter people are flocking to it to support on kickstarter you know it's it's all in what this guy's putting out in his own self publicity peter are gonna gonna like you know check it out just to be on board with it because what if it does pop off like look at the walking dead man like the walking dead popped off like it's just the, you're never gonna rec- it's i don't want to say never but like the chances of you replicating the success of like um ultimate you know of it, uh amazing fantasy 15 or you know action comics one or detective comics or any of those big keys is like next to none like it's very like it, if you can re- recapture that, like the fact that Walking Dead popped off the way it did, the fact that Miles popped off the way it did, and that book still goes for big money, like it, it, you know, to me, it speaks volumes. Like it, I don't know. Miles is hip. He's with it. He's cool. He's what the kids want. He's can be marketed. He's marketed to a new generation of of people getting in the comic book industry and like it's just i don't know to me saying miles has no staying power it's like flabbergasting honestly because like just you just watch the way people like eat up miles stuff and all these kids that that watch the like spider-man cartoon and stuff and i think that's the other thing that does it too is that people know him as miles morales because if you watch like what what's the I can't think of the name of the Spider Man cartoon that's on Disney um and stuff where they're they're like younger kids. Um God. Uh somebody help me out in the chat if you know what I'm talking about. Um oh, God damn it. What am I it's um God, it's on Disney Plus. It's on Netflix. I want to say it's like Spider Man and his amazing friends, or or something along those lines. Spider Man and friends, thank you, honey. Something like that. They don't even refer to him as Miles Morales. They refer to him as something else. So 
it's Spidey and friends. Thank you, Ish. Like, they don't even refer to him as Miles Morales in that show. So that's like the forefront of the, the show that's in front of kids. So they know him as Miles Morales, not as Spider-Man, because he's not referred to that as that. You know, that's and and that's I heard that's the one I'm talking about. Like they they've interjected that into our kids' world. Like I have younger kids, you do, your kids aren't watching TV yet, Matt, so different story, but that's that's the miles they're gonna know. My kids are gonna know, and that's what they've known for the past five years, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they call I him Spin. That. He's known as Spin in that show. He's not known as Miles Morales or no, or sorry, he's not known as Spider Man. He's known as Miles Morales or Spin. So it's like there's that disconnect right there. Like, okay, he, kids aren't knowing him as Spider Man because he's not being marketed to them as Spider Man, other than like into the Spider Verse, you know the stuff that's in their, their face constantly, like the show it's, he's being marketed as miles Morales or as spin. So. I don't know. When did I call him spin? I never heard that one before. It's um, yeah. In the, it's called Spidey and his friends. It's an, like a animated series that's on Netflix and Disney plus it's for marketed towards like littler kids. Um, I want to say like six and up if that, um, and they have Peter Parker, as Spider-Man, they have miles Morales, a spin. And then Gwen Stacy is ghost. So I, I had not known that spin. Crazy. <laughs> All these years. But moving on here to our last story of the night. Movie studios can be sued over misleading trailers, a judge rules. Uh, basically a lawsuit seeking damages from Universal for um Featuring Anna de Armas in the trailer for yesterday will move forward in court. Universal was dealt a blow in a lawsuit brought on by fans of actor Anna del Armas over her appearance in the trailer for the movie that she's not actually in. A variety reports two fans of the Blade Runner 2049 and No Time to Die actor uh, sued the studio in January 2022, claiming they rented the movie yesterday after seeing de Armas in the trailer only to discover that she was cut out of the final film. Universal moved to have the lawsuit dismissed, arguing that movie trailers are entitled to be protected as free speech under the First Amendment. According to a studio's legal team, a trailer consists of an artistic expressive work that tells a three-minute story conveying uh, the theme of the movie. It should be therefore be considered non-commercial speech. However, U.S. District Judge Stephen Wilson rejected Universal's argument Ruling trailers fall under commercial speech and are subject to California's false advertising laws and the state's unfair compensation law. The case is going to move forward. We'll need to proceed to a dis- uh, discovery and a motion of class certification. I wish that Ish was on for this since he's such he was in the movie industry. He could probably speak on this a little bit more, but um, 
it, I, I just, to me, this is kind of like, okay. You know, I think everyone's just used to the fact that not everything that's in the trailer makes it into the final cut of the movie. I don't know. Um, Eric Williams says, uh, men purchase 63% of comics and graphic novels. The remaining purchases are 13% Latino, 14% black and 5% Asian. I'd like to see where you got that breakdown, <laughs> Eric. That's pretty specific. It's a pretty specific breakdown. But but yeah. That's good good to bring up about the Spider-Man stuff though, JP. Like that's that was a good topic, I think. No, yeah. I, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is that I hear about that that movie and so therefore when you you know you have another questionable you know you know you had it regarding the the most recent uh sorry i just spilled some something all over my my desk here so i apologize but you uh, were saying about the uh i appreciate the tour of the house like that <laughs> sorry about that episode of mtv cribs <laughs> yeah but i mean you you were just showing that the uh what you were talking about was Jesus, R- remind me the 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 change the the actress and whatnot. Yeah, the trailers that they're gonna start suing over, you know, things being cut out of trailers as false advertising. Right. So that's not really it, it, it boggles my mind as people say, "Come on now, we, we know we know what's out there, we know." You know, we're not suing for this. To sue for that kind of stuff is beyond my my reach. Why you would re- sue for that kind of stuff is is just ridiculous. More ways than one. So stick with what you see in the theater. And if it, 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 does that open up the world to say if the theater, if the movie, if the version was not good enough for you, you're going to sue them for that too? Come on now. Right? I think it would be because I'd sue for a hot minute for some of this stuff. Yeah, like you're, you're you're going too far here. What what the hell? I'd like to see Ish's take on it. If his internet wasn't, I should sue Ish for having crappy internet. I think we should, we should sue Ish, and he should give me an Iron Man one for what I need, so I can yeah, uh, for, as reparations for having crappy <laughs> internet. Exactly. <laughs> should be. Well, you got anything else you want to touch on this week, JP? Me, I mean, we got the uh, the newest episode, uh, episode two of the uh, Absolute Game of Nerds, talking about the hunt for one eighty one. That was our 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 big thing. This going to into next year, we're going to talk about how me and Rohan want to get that book and what it might take to get that book. But then the next episode will be about what we've gotten in 2022 and what we might try to get in 2023. So given this market, right, so you got these movies coming out and how that might sway it, like how that Miles Morales, you know, into the Spider-Verse movie might change the uh, the, the, the universe for or the, uh, the background for getting that UF4 or, you know, what else may come out in, in this year that may really stir the pot for, um, you know, for the Marvel books. I think if you're, you're counting on in the, the across the spider verse to do something for characters, it's not going to be UF four. That is the, 
the pusher. It's going to be some of these other Spider-Man. It's going to be like your punk spider. Um, might do a little bit of something for Spider-Man 2099. Uh, you're just your, your offshoot Spider-Man that appear into it. Like, look at, look at the first one. The first Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse movie did a lot for, yes, Miles, yes, Spider-Gwen, but it did a lot for, you know, the Penny Parker. It did a lot for Spider-Man Noir. It, it did a lot for just Spider-Ham, these different, you know, versions of these characters that spec heavy on that. But Well, the one that one like, I... And spec on hippo uh hypno hustle right now or hustle right about now spider-man uh the ben riley spider-man uh i mean it might do something for for that character too um for scarlet spider but that's what i'm wondering about i mean again this anything could happen like again you gotta you gotta we say you gotta collect what you like right mm-hmm. so if you like miles grab that ton of stuff if you like peter parker grab that kind of stuff if you like Ben Riley stuff, grab that again. Yeah, these, read what you these, like. All right, these 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 shows may move stuff, but the, it never lasts unless the character does. And that yeah. was the question earlier on about Miles. Will he will he will he last like Peter Parker did? I don't know. I mean, he. I think he will. Will Ben Riley? That's a different story. But will Miles Morales moving from today, fifty years from now, versus? Uh, Peter Parker now 50 years back like that like you got to change for your audience and I think that's what Miles does that's why he may have staying power in my opinion and Peter Parker still will have staying power because of his originality but others ones like Ben Riley and and whatnot may not have the same staying power because you know you're you're changing with your times right mm-hmm. and that's and that's important for longevity of your character like I think, like I said, I could see Ben Riley getting more play as Chasm, his current incarnation, versus the the Scarlet Scarlet Spider stuff, just because that clone stuff gets so convoluted. I think it's hard right. for audiences to sift through. So if you give him like Chasm and spin it a different way, then Ben Riley could take off and be something something great too. But um, yeah. ish. It says that they have three Iron Man number ones, Mister JP. I'm I'm game. It's JP's been waiting to talk to you for like a month plus now. I, I did call him about that, but it was a little bit higher than what I what I had available in the old uh, the old uh, you know bank account bank account or the uh, combined bank account. Me and Rohan, we can't really afford that kind of money for that stuff. We we talk about in the most recent. Uh, hunt for 181 like how we can achieve these books and i have to sell lots and lots and lots of pizzas to be able to afford these kind of books so we can't just buy this iron man 3 and then i gotta wait months and months and months to buy uh you know 181 so yeah like it's just said miles still has tons of room to grow in the market i hope so because i got a book for that could could grow and i could maybe buy the iron man one ish if you want to sell it we have two 181s oh there you go how much do you want for them i mean that's part of what we talked about recently like again you know you can buy what you want but i don't know how many people out there don't just uh, like you can you buy what you want and you put in your in your 
and your collection, but there's a there's a reason for you, that you buy a certain book and that has some type of growing power. So that's why you buy that one. There's people that just buy it no matter what and don't care what the book grows to. But I'm the type of person that that book has to grow in some some capacity. I'm not saying like it has to triple, double, whatever it may be. But if what does one eighty one going to do in the next twenty years? I don't know. Oh, what well, is Miles going to do? So, one eighty one is going it, to. It's trending. It's cooling off. But the minute Wolverine pops up in the MCU, that book's going to blow up again. Right. But ask yourself the same question. Like back in two thousand two, whenever you had the X Men books, did those things? Did the X Men? Did the did the Wolverine comic one eighty one take off? Probably, but did it? The the two thousands didn't have great movies, right? You had that nineties period where where books picked up, and you had that two thousands period where you had movies actually get on the on the on the big screen, and we got to see our big characters. But I don't think it really equated to that comic boom that we saw recently. The the correlation of movie to to book and first appearance really didn't boom until the MCU started to boom. So those early X-Men movies and that Spider-Man doesn't really affect the market because there really wasn't a market at that time. Like that boom wasn't there. It The MCU is kind of really what started that boom as far as like, oh, well, this character's in the movie, so now we're going to speculate on it. Dude, it's going to reflect on selling key first appearances and things like that. Like that, I really don't, I don't think anyway that that market was even there early 2000s and like right, it is but, now but think about your first punisher book that was a horrible movie so it was the silver surfer movies mm-hmm. right and they didn't move the books but now they're those books are moving because there may be a movie coming out and same thing with punisher but again those are golden age books those are silver age books those are bronze age books that are you're not going to see again so they they should have some type of staying power but it seems like they're growing in in popularity because they may see them in a movie and those characters were already in movies that were broadcast through a different network you're such a philosopher ish it grows as you grow and airplane says i think hulk 181 is way overrated the market is saturated with them i said on our most recent that podcast we did about hunting that 181 when I want to go, I don't, I'm not a big hunter, right? So I, I can, I can, I got a couple acres behind my house. I can go out in my backyard and I can set up a deer blind and I can, I can shoot a deer with, with a crossbow, right? And I can see where the deer walk. There's this big path that they walk through. When I have the deer blind set up, no deer walk through that, that path. I shoot no deer. But they're always out there. Whenever I'm driving my car, there's the deer, right? Just like Hulk 181. When I want to buy it, it's not there, right? But when I drive through my neighborhood or I go to the comic shop or the comic con, they're always there, right? But they're always that version that doesn't have the Marvel value stamp or they don't have a complete book or because they're not in great condition. So there's always some caveat to why that's not the greatest book or the, the then book what, for me to buy. But wouldn't you... But see, for me as a collector, I'm different. I'm I would rather have low grade than no grade. So in my mind, like, all right, well, if I can afford 
that 181 without the stamp in it, without the collector stamp. I'm going to do that. And then at some point I can trade that plus a little bit of more cash up to get that more perfect, complete 181. So, you know, you're always flipping and going up versus dropping the money off the most pristine book right off the rip. And if you have no, and you have no problem buying the one with the without the Marvel value stamp or with maybe missing the last the, the one guy I talked to last week or a couple weeks ago, he bought some big collection and had uh, was missing like the centerfold or something like that, and he said it would probably come back as a you know a CGC blue label blah blah blah. Well, before I put two grand down, how do I know that, right? So. There's a difference to me about a complete book missing a centerfold, like the centerfold pages, and not being a complete book versus a stamp. Because like, right. when right. you're a kid, you rip that stuff out. Like the tattoo in the on first Hobgoblin. Yeah, on 238. Like To me, I have a copy of 238 without the tattoo. To me, I still have the book because the significance of the book is the characters and things like that. It's not a, a shitty little press-on tattoo. Right. Same same thing with Hulk 181. Like, what do you want? Do you want the book to say, I have a Hulk 181? Or are you trying to resell it? Because if you just want it to own in your collection, then what does that, that stamp but, really mean? But the problem is, is that you're paying big money. Like, I, I bought, like, an ASM 129 a couple months ago, and I I, I paid more than what I, pro- you know, I think I paid a, a, good, a good number for it based on where the market was. But now we're seeing you know, something in the four Oh range. And I bought a five and a half for, you know, a half, right. You're talking, you know, from a five and a half to a four, but it still presents well. And we're not worried about a Marvel stamp. Like it still presents well, like it's enough to put in your, on your, on your wall as a complete book. But if I'm buying a complete or non-complete, let's say, even go that far, a non-complete 181, missing the Marvel value stamp or missing some part of it, like, I have no idea how that's going to come back from, from CGC. I think it may came back, it might came back as blue or red or, or purple label. I don't know that for sure. But what I'm saying is that you're putting a lot more money into that book at that grade, let alone a four- ASM 129 at a thousand bucks. Like you're spending two thousand dollars on it, Hulk 181 that's not graded, no Marvel value stamp, may come back restored. And you're thinking that's a lot of money to put on a book that may not be able to resell. Like that's that's where I'm getting at. Like if I could, sure, if I could buy a a Hulk 181 for like a thousand bucks at a 3.0 or like a two and a half, oh, no problem. But like you're talking like there's a lot of caveats to get down to that point, right? Like it's it's not that simple. Remember what we were talking about last week? You have to show how I was saying that I can see a time where the market corrects itself and Hulk 180 is then referred to as Wolverine's first appearance versus 180. What Ish just said, I'd rather get a 9.8 180 than fork out for a mid to low grade 181. If... I just got my, let me look here. I got my spec 90 and my spec uh, 252 graded. And all of a sudden now the spec 90 and the spec 141 team up, you know, Marvel team up 141, both say tied with 242 as the first appearance. 
once CGC makes that change, then you know, then we worked out. Then then you're better off. But are they going to make that change? I, no one has any idea if they're going to do that. You can speculate they might. I, I don't know if they will. It's it's really to me comes down to how what are you, are you buying the book to flip or are you buying the book to keep? Because then at the end of the day, like, I, it, correct me if I'm wrong, I still think even without the stamp, it's, it comes back a CGC blue label. It just says without the stamp. I don't think they consider no, that it, it it doesn't come back blue label. It comes back green or purple, which uh, whatever one it comes back without stamp. Because the stamp doesn't affect the story. It right. doesn't affect the comic book. It's just an, an it's a green label in there. Yeah, it's it's still it's not to me. That's yeah, but stupid. the thing of it is, is that but you you're gonna buy one eighty one for like twenty five hundred bucks in a decent grade. Let's say of three or four, three to five grade, three to four and a half grade for twenty five hundred bucks without the Marvel value stamp. I'm thinking it's a lot of dough to pay for something that is missing that stamp, right? If you could get like a, a, a full book for that kind of price, then Ish. fine. Ish must be heated because he came back. Ish. Yes. You got a Hulk one you want from here? Am I here? Yeah, I can hear. I got two of them. Okay, they both got the, I mean, like, how, what what's the value in these ones? What's the uh, grade? Oof, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm not at the shop. Okay, so so like, I'm saying like, the 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 ASM they're not cheap. they're not cheap. But why would you buy one without the Marvel value stamp for like two or three thousand dollars without that value stamp on it? To you, you know, what I'm saying like, it's it's a book that isn't. I guess you gotta want to it buy. that bad, right? But yeah. I I I don't want it that bad with without that. I, I, I want it. I get what you're saying. Without the value. stamp, it's still crazy expensive. Even with the stamp cut out, it's still right. Crazy so like, expensive. like you're still paying big money for a book that had that doesn't have the stamp, and you know may have some issues if you send it in t- to CGC. So what I want is I want a book that's graded that I can put on my wall and say I have you know Hulk 181. And it might be a four grade, it might be a three grade, whatever. I don't care what grade, as long as it fits within a budget I'm willing to spend. But if you spend too much on that book, right, it, it may not hold its value, even though it's qualified or it, it's missing stamp. You're gonna, it's just, it's a, it's a weird book to have because you could spend a couple thousand dollars just to put it on your wall, but it's gonna be missing X, Y, and Z. It's not going to be complete, or you got to spend way more money, right? But who is it that says like that's what I guess the stigma I want to I want to try and get the industry away from. And I never will be. It's like who cares what CGC says? That is a complete book. If it's not missing pages, it's a complete book. Who cares about that stamp? So if it's your collectible and it's for you, if it's if it presents well and it's just complete story that stamp, yeah. Exactly, it's a complete story. But you if, can't if it find presents one. Well, and it's got that stamp. Then why? I don't. I guess it doesn't have the stamp. I don't see why it's a big deal. Like it, the minute it has that, you're a personal collection. You're not going to sell it. it. It's cooler to say, totally "Hey, I have one." That or not? Yeah, I I have one versus, oh well, it doesn't have the stamp, so it's it's a trash book. Right, right, it's okay. garbage to me. I have a I have a Marvel Superheroes twenty, which is a Doom cover, 
I bought it for 150 bucks. I don't know if it's a 1.0 or a 2.0 or a 3.0. I don't I don't know exactly what grade it is, but it's raw and I spent 100 bucks on it. I'm fine with that. To spend 1000 or 1500 or 2000 on a Hulk 181 in the same uh type of grade, I'm thinking that's a pretty big nut to crack to not know if I'm going to get my money back. 100 bucks I'm okay if someone comes back and says, this book is qualified, whatever. But for that Hulk 181, if it does not, if it's not blue label, you're going to, you're losing money in that regard. So it, it has to be complete or it has to not have any restoration at all. And, and I'm okay with a shitty grade as long as it's a shitty blue grade, in my opinion. So that's what I'm getting at. Like, it's got to stay that way as a collector in my opinion just like that doom book for me like i'm just glad to have that doom book because it looks cool the way it is but that you know i would not pay that kind of money for a you know 181 that's missing the fuck the excuse me the the value stamp or isn't you can complete. swear i'm not yeah. i, I said it would swear to storm and you're like yeah <laughs> All right, I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to spend that kind of money well, for a book that's Christmas. Not we don't have to swear. And, and definitely swear. Fucking Christmas. Fuck that shit. I don't want to spend fuck, that kind of money fuck, in that book. Mother, mother, fuck, hold fuck, it. mother, fuck, mother, fuck, no, each, no, each, no, each. There you go, ish. I'll say fucks all right. I want. I mean, ask yourself a question. Hundred dollar book, right? No big deal, right? For most of us, it's not a big deal, right? Again, I'm not going to say everybody's in the same boat, but if you're going to spend a hundred bucks on a book, fine, fine, but. Uh, you're not going to spend on a Hulk 181. You're talking a thousand, two thousand bucks, and it may be missing a Marvel value stamp. It may be missing pages. It may be like a 1.0. It may be a shitty copy, and you're spending a thousand dollars on a book for what? I mean, like I, I like saying to myself, like that's part of our our conversation on that 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 last podcast is like. But if it's a slabbed book, who cares about the Marvel stamp? Though? Right. If if it's slabbed, over. right. It's slabbed. But I look at I look it. You're never going to see right. that spot. We go. Ah, oh, there's no stamp. But how how well, much no, is a three zero? Never how much is a three zero? How much is a three zero? Like eighty one three zero. Yeah, like three thousand bucks, right? No, okay. Twenty five hundred bucks, right? Well, let's go to for the two and a half. All knowing eBay. And I, I look. I, I have a Doom. I like that that Doom book one. Uh, MSH twenty. It's beat to hell. But it presents well. To me, if it presents well, I'm okay with that. I don't care what grade it is, as long as it presents well. But if you get some shitty one point five, that's all creased to hell. You know, even if it has the Marvel value stamp, fine. And I'm okay with that, but that's a thousand dollars for a book. But you can't find those books for a Hulk 181 that's under two, like two, three thousand dollars, unless it's restored. And no one wants a restored or 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 qualified book because it just hurts the value of it. There's See, a 2.0 Hulk 181 purple for label, super cheap, bucks. Crack it open. And you've got a, but it's not. Awesome you can't get it super collection. cheap. You can't get them super cheap, unless you know a purple I, label. I, get a, try there's to a four zero purple, purple label, label like on eBay like right now for twenty five hundred bucks. Twenty five hundred bucks. Naked eye. 
So you're talking to 2,500. That's a lot. Like, <laughs> that's still a lot. Yeah, yeah. exactly. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're not getting the, there, there might be upside there. I saw a four and a half at like 2,500 bucks, 2,200 bucks. That's pretty good, right? A four and a half for 2,200 bucks. And I, I, I lost out on that bid on that one, but that's where you're going to make your money if you're going to get it for 2,200 bucks. But if I'm going to buy a qualified to try to crack it for that, I don't think I'm going to make my my money. I've got a four or five for thirty nine hundred dollars on eBay. Crazy. Like if I'm buying a like I'm saying, I bought this two and a half Silver Surfer four for like five hundred bucks under. That's as long as it presents well. Like it doesn't have the crease between Silver Surfer and Thor. That I mean, granted, it's not. It's a two and a half. It's not a great grade. It's not. There's nothing great about it, but it looks good on my wall, and that's all I care about. It looks good on my wall for five hundred bucks or less. If I'm buying a Hulk one eighty one, that book to me means what? The first appearance of Wolverine, which is one of my favorite characters, for three thousand bucks. Am I buying a qualified one? No, but for five hundred bucks, I would. But you can't find. You can't find a qualified or restored one for 500 bucks, or else I buy I, and then crack it open, take off the tape, send it back in, see what happens. But you cannot find one at that grade for that 500 bucks. You're talking two, three thousand dollars. This dude is selling a Hulk 18198 uh, and a giant size X Men number 198 for $269,000. Uh, where's he at? I'm going to write the check out right now for it. Oh, man. <laughs> and like Matt said, once Wolverine, once Wolverine hits the MCU, this is just going to keep going up. It, it is. But again, we, our recent podcast was about, I could have bought that book in 1992 for $270. Yeah. Why did I, why did I, why did I buy it for that? I don't, I don't know. I mean, like for a kid, yeah, have a crystal that was ball a lot of money for a comic the, book. Right. Yeah. For a kid who was 15. I didn't buy Look, it. There's yeah. a raw no stamp. Yeah, on you're sale like 270 right bucks for a comic book, not even knowing it's gonna appreciate. That's crazy. All right. There's All right, a man. raw no stamp Hulk 181 on eBay right now for 690 bucks. There's a raw no stamp on there for a thousand dollars. Like honestly, your best bet, I think going with the trying to get a hulk 181 is to go raw because you're not you know don't pay graded price on a raw book first of all so go raw and take your chances on getting it graded and see what it comes back at like if you don't really care about the grade you just want the complete book then why not buy a raw copy send it in yourself and, and see what happens see what happens yeah no you i know? agree yeah because the ones i saw the lot the, the most recent show i had a i had a bunch of books i wanted to trade Right. And I thought these books were worth X and those books came back at Y, which was Y, you know, 25% of value. And then they wanted big money for that Hulk 181, which was missing the Marvel value stamp. They were missing pages, whatever the hell it is. So I didn't buy them and I got pissed off. So, you know, I had ideas in mind, but, you know, sometimes you, again, these grails aren't going to be found in the wild we're, we're hoping for that's what our what our conversation was for is you find them in the wild you bring them back and you make them you make if you, them 
if you want a 181, I got a Turkish variant. I'll sell you for 20 bucks. 20. I got it. I'll, I'll buy it right now. Again, <laughs> I, I think you're almost better. I, I'm almost better to have the, just the, the, the cover of it itself. Like, it's tough. Like I, I, I want that book, but I'm saying like, is that a good investment long time? And that's what we talked about on our most recent podcast. Will that book appreciate in value? We don't know. Like Rohan thinks it will. I'm not saying it won't, but I'm saying like to put that kind of money into a book that you can get pretty regularly, like you can shoot a deer tomorrow in my neck of the woods, but you can't shoot an elk, right? An elk, a caribou or something that you have to travel to find. Right. So your bigger books, your Silver Surfer four, your, you know, you, you name the book, you're going to have to travel to get those. The Hulk 181 is pretty much a book that's available no matter where you go. Every dealer has it. There's some facet of it, whether it's missing a more value stamp or it's missing this or this or that, or it's not in the greatest grade. You can find the book if you want to get, get it, but it may not be perfect, right? You're not going to get an eight point or 10 point deer. You're going to get some type of four point or six point. And no, that's where we come down to is you just want to have in your collection or not. And I'm, I want a decent grade, but not like you're not going to get a nine, eight, right? We're not getting 10 point deers here in this one, but I don't know. It's, it's a tough call. I, I would much rather buy it raw and get submitted in. And, uh, do better that way. And if Ish has one for pretty cheap, I'll gladly buy it. But you seem to jack up your prices or for some reason on friends and family. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> no, I'm just like, I, I totally appreciate it. I just think it's funny that you think there's a friends and family at Ish's store. There should be. I mean, Again, there's more people that don't want to trade books and they want cash. And I am all about that. You know, Ish at his store, why the hell do you want to trade me? Right? You want you want cash, right? Absolutely. Cash is king. Cash is king. Cash is king. Cash Ish, what's that sweet Iron Man is. 1 going for these days? You have to ask. You can't afford it, little man. You know, I was thinking, actually, we have our raw Iron Man 1 is a purple labeled 9.0. It's got a color okay, so touch you, you will never, ever find. Can I give you 100 bucks for it? There you go, JP. It's 9.0. I think we have it at 1,000. <laughs> Turkish, <laughs> Turkish variant, yeah. Hulk 181 right there. <laughs> I'll gladly buy that one. What do you want for that one? <laughs> actually, I think I have two of them. Two of them. Yeah. They're, these aren't hard to. These aren't well, hard I, know, to. I, I know, but it's, it's again, you got it. That's the thing that stinks is you can put one on the wall that just covers what you want, like to have that memory or that thing of it. But like an Iron Man one, a sub one, subby one, a Secret Wars one, they don't reprint that kind of shit. They've done so many reprints of probably those bigger books that you, you're just not going to find. Unless it's old. <laughs> Eric Williams says it comes down to are you a collector or not? Otherwise, get a poster. <laughs> so, Ish, what do you want for the Iron Man one? <laughs> JP, JP, we're gonna we're gonna talk again. We'll sidebar again about those okay. books. 
Okay. Nah, nah, you you tell us live on air what you want for that book. Don't try to sugarcoat it. Don't try to push it off. You tell us, Ish. The inquiry minds want to know. Community wants to know, Ish. Or internet having mass. <laughs> what was the question? I didn't hear. I, I, you guys just kind of. You say you're going to do half off on that Iron Man book, right? That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah. I heard 50% off friends and family. <laughs> I can do trade. I mean, again, it, it's. It, I think the market's changing a lot. And that's and I and I experienced this back in the '90s, and that's what Rohan and I talked about. Is this the '90s? No, I think this is a correction from what happened in 2020, uh, late 2020, early you know throughout 2021. But again, is this is it? This, does the comic book industry have staying power? I think it does. Is you're the guy on the on the you're the boots on the ground. Is this comic book? Uh, you know, is this gonna is this have staying power? Or is this another two thousand or uh, excuse me? Yeah, absolutely. Nineties change. I don't know. I think a lot has to do with these books that are coming out. The movie. I hear that. Me, I hear that a movie. lot. That this is this is a new. I was gonna say I hear that a lot. That this is the new nineteen ninety seven. It's actually a lot, lot of comic book stores closing like this month. Um, this, but. I don't know if it's. I wouldn't compare it to 1997. This is a whole new beast now. It's a whole different beast. We got yes. mega corporations, you know, backing a lot of the stuff which they didn't have back in the 90s. Yeah, I think it's different than the 90s because you got. I mean, people were out of it for different, uh, like various reasons. Like that was a comic book boom that had been, you know, self self promoted, right? Whereas the movies did not push the books like they did back in the day. Whereas now the movies push the books and you got guys who are out of the industry because they couldn't sell as well as maybe online or maybe their local market because they had a better group locally. Right. If you got, I don't care if you're in California, Arizona or New York city or Warren, Pennsylvania, wherever the hell you want to be at. If you have enough of the people that are going to keep your brand, then you will be fine, right? If you don't have enough people in your brand and you're going to die off, it doesn't matter where you're at, right? So the ones that may be dying, I think have more to do with their brand than the fact of the comic book industry. So moving forward, will the comic book industry continue? Yes, but will it continue like it did Recently, or will it continue like it did in the 2000s, where you had a jump because of, you know, the Spider-Man movies or the Fantastic Four movies, which didn't do, those didn't do anything. Like, what are we going into now? I don't know. And that's where we're coming down from. Like, are you going to be dropping down? Well, you just, you said the magic word, brand. And, and that's a bigger brand yeah. right now than Marvel. People, Marvel, but. Are you gonna are people? You, gonna be you know, they say that stars. they don't. We don't really have movie stars anymore. Brand has a star. I don't go see a so and so Brad Pitt movie or a Will Smith movie. I go see a Marvel movie or a Fast and Furious movie. It's not about the brand. The franchise has taken over as the main star. And Marvel, 
well that's yeah it doesn't get bigger than that as far as brands you're only in, in today's society you're only as big as your brand but will that brand continue is what i'm saying like when you had those x-men movies in the 2000s and spider-man movies they i don't did they did they move comics i was you know part of what rohan and i talk about is we did not collect back then we had got out of it at that point so did that propel the books forward that did that help somebody who bought then till now you know will this help someone who who bought in 2021 when when rate when when prices were you know pretty high going forward well if, i mean that should tell you from what the price of 181 was in 90s to now it's just constantly going up like ish tells me every time i walk into a store my butthole puckers because i see a key i want and the price on it he's like today you know today's prices are tomorrow's steals so right he's like that's just gonna keep going up and up and up that 270 back in 1992 was like 207 dollars 270 dollars now it's and i don't even know if that was a a high grade or mid grade so you're not looking at like four and a half forty five hundred dollars right my thing is is like how important is that like for $3,500, $3,600 $3,500, $3,600 for a Hulk 181, you could buy a decent used car for that. So, right. like, you know, okay. at the end of the you're paying that kind of money for some paper to sit in a bag and you're on your wall. And, like, because at the end of the day, no matter what you, how you look at it, this stuff is only, it's valuable. It, it's value is only what someone's going to pay for it. Right. So, someone's one day is like, well, I'm only going to pay you $100 for that book. Well, then that book's worth 100 bucks. you know, it's, yeah, I mean, I, to me, when I like, I love comics, but at that day and age, I'd rather like trade up stuff I have versus drop cold hard cash on something because, like I said, three grand that's a decently used car. So, physical car that can get you around and get you to A and B and actually serve a purpose, or you're gonna drop three grand on a piece of paper that's gonna sit on your shelf and look pretty if you're not gonna sell it. It's, yeah, that's a, that's a rub about it because, like, with uh, like a lot of stuff that Rohan, I was, he and I talk about, he wants to trade, or st- some of that stuff is like things I had as a kid. Mm-hmm. So Hulk 340, um, you know, Mark McFarlane books, like you could try to find a, a, enough of that stuff, but do you want to give up that stuff for that Hulk 181? I, I don't know. Is it worth that trade up to have that bigger book sit? And then again, is it going to appreciate? Like you're saying, it's a it's a it's a freaking car, like, mm-hmm. like that's a pretty big trade up to put cash that's going to sit on your on your right behind me here for what? But then right. again, a lot of these stuff for sitting on behind me, I've owned them for years. That Hulk 181, I I, I intend to own for years, but that's a car, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a that's expensive paper, as Tomic Tom says, expensive exactly. paper. Expensive paper. Tough call. I don't know. I'm having a tough call. I, I I could see I could drop dollars on it and say I got it, but I'm but just, at the end of the day, like is it gonna make you feel any different? Is it gonna make you feel any better about yourself? And like, 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 like I look oh, at it and I'll say, I'll say, wow, look at that. Look at that. This is yeah. this. Look at that. 181 just sitting there. Look at that son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. But my kid could use it on the car to drive to and from school <laughs> like your deer analogy yeah but you I mean if you actually shot that deer it's gonna feed you 
a, for a good long time and provide other things. That comic book is an expensive piece of paper that you ain't driving anywhere. It's just sitting on your shelf. Yep, sitting you know? there and is, are you going to be able to trade it up? Like if I could, like Rohan, he's, he's, he's big on, he says, I'm going to trade up these books I have like 340 or 252 or X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah, you could get rid of those books, but like, then you're getting rid of that those childhood books to get one big book and that's fine. Then you keep that one big book, but like you're giving up something to get something else. Right. It isn't like, it's hard to just, you can out buy it or you can just trade up to get it. Right. It's, it's you, um, so you may tell you, I bet you I have a way that you could probably get Hulk 181 for a good deal. Tell people that you're doing a YouTube series on trading up where you're going to start. Cause that, that's like a big thing now where you see people trading up, starting with like a penny or a paper clip and trading it up to a house. Be like, I'm going to start with this and just document as you trade up. And like, there's some kid that does it on Facebook already. And like he'll walk in with something and people are like, Oh, because you're trying to do this, I'll give, this is a little more value, but I'll take the trade. So you might be able to pull, pull a little something, something and, and work a deal. If you're like, well, I'm trying to trade up to this. So I got this. Would you trade for this? You know, it's it's just like the the progression of it instead of just trying. And it and it makes your your journey like it makes you appreciate it more than too because then that your that's your journey. Like when you right. look at that book, you think of the journey you got there to to get it, and that's a better story than being like, well, I walked in and dropped three grand on this book. What's up? You know, that's my kid's tuition for. <laughs> a month. What's up? You know, it's just like all right, yeah. cool. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, I could just ebay sure no problem i could i could i could have bought one like like a week ago for like oh my god it was i swear to god this goddamn book was like at three grand and 2600 bucks and no one fucking bid on the goddamn thing and then it came down to 2200 dollars, and somebody fucking bid me out at 2500 and i didn't get the book but i could easily bought it then but that's not a very good story is it like Rohan just said all my stuff I got in the last year, so no sentimental value for me on my stuff. There right. So he so he's he's he's, he's got okay no connection. He has no connection. Like some of my stuff is from that from years and years ago to trade up. And and Rohan's like, I would rather just get rid of this 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 type of book to get that book because that's more important. But like I was saying, it sat there, like I could have got that book two months ago for a lower price, but it didn't happen. Right. Mm -hmm. I, that book dropped on eBay and all of a sudden people saw, you know, people were, were, were key to it. So I didn't get it. But I mean, like, again, I, I'm more along the lines of keeping what I have because I've been wanting the stuff I collected. Rohan's different. He's, he's trading up and that's fine. Everyone has their own collection, how they're doing things, but you know, at the end of the day, like, is it worth yeah, the 3000 bucks? Well, and I think that's what makes your guys' show so interesting is that your your different ways of collecting, like how you are going about it so differently to get this book. You know, the way you're collecting versus the way Rohan's doing it. And, you know, it's just, I mean, sentimental value plays a lot into to this kind of stuff. And it's tough. It'll, I mean, it's, I love to have this book and put it on my shelf and say I got it, but. Like you said before, like you got three thousand bucks and you're gonna look at it. What you got there, Ish? Doctor No. That sounds like my wife. I got <laughs> I I I got one of my grails today. <laughs> oh nice. I got one of my grails today. This is Showcase 
number 43, first appearance of James Bond in a comic book in the first movie adaptation DC ever did. Unfortunately, nice. it's in a PGX, so it's probably oh. about a 7.0. Crack it. Put it cleaned and send it to EGS. EGS. Because I like EGS. I think you're... I like them a lot. I like their labels. Um, this is a book. I'm never, you know, this is for my collection. I'm, I'm never selling it or anything, so I don't care about a CGC label. If I can get a cool, like, James Bond 007 label from EGS, I'm all in. And I know he's going to grade it right, because the, the guy's a really solid grader. Eric wants me to ask you about so, um, the I'm Bond my, question. I'm glad my internet actually works. Yeah, Eric wants me to, while you have good internet, Eric wants me to Charlie ask you about Bain the Bond question. About, yeah, Charlie Cox as Bond. Um, I don't know. No. Riveting stuff-ish. Riveting. I'd say thumbs down, thumbs down, thumbs down on Charlie Cox says. Uh, there's another rumor, the dude from Game of Thrones who was also in the Eternals. Richard what, Madden. John Snow. Oh, the other guy. John Snow. Richard put very, very high on the list for uh, James I hear Ish Devon is high on along with uh, Aaron. Aaron Taylor Johnson should not be I on should the be list on that fucking list. No. Kit Harrington. My, my showcase 43. Why you say that? Oh, he's droopy faced. Do you call him yeah, droopy faced? He always looks like everything he does, he's about to fall asleep. But. Not Kid Harrington, Richard Madden. Ishtavon should I'm be. I'm just correcting Eric Williamson. He needs to be corrected once in a while. Ishtavon should be 007. 009. I should. 00, triple seven. 69. 00, triple seven, 69. That's Ish right there. All right. Well, I think that's. He's um, a badass back. Look at that. God damn it, Ish. <laughs> that comic is cool. books, Matt. I'm always going to interrupt you with comic book shit. I know. I know. <laughs> it's not your bad internet. It's your comic book shit. Eric says, Ish, we already decided the next Bond is Peter Dinklage. Oh, Jesus Christ. Petey Dinky. Petey Dinky. All right. <laughs> well, I think it's a good one. And for us tonight on this glorious festivus, um, thank you all for joining us. Thank you for everyone in the chat. Eric Williamson, uh, Cardi West, Leftover Zaggy, uh, my wife Erin, everyone who joined us tonight, Ish in his crummy internet. Um, I thank everyone. Rohan, thank you everyone for being here. Uh, make sure. Aaron Rogers. Yeah, Aaron Rogers. Make sure to check out the new episode of Absolute Game of Nerds. This Monday, going live as they start that search for 181, get a little bit more. Um, you know, go check out the first issue to get a little, or first episode to get a little bit more backstory on Rohan and JP and their collecting habits, and what I'm got back into the game. And you know, most of all, I hope you guys have a great holiday, a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah for everyone celebrating Hanukkah. Um, I just hope you guys have a a just genuinely great holiday. 
Uh, we will see you guys back here next week as we hopefully go over our best of the year lists um, and kind of head into 2023 uh, the best way we can, right? So from all of us to all of you, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, and we will see you guys next time. Peace. All you freaks and geeks. My pizza strength was carrying the show through issues, terrible internet. Let's listen to Absolute Geek. Absolute Geek. We'll go ahead and spread our cheeks. Spread the cheeks. And drink some Cosby wine. (laughs) We'll drink some Cosby wine. It makes me feel real fine. See you next time on the 